Welcome to Real Talk episode 162. I'm Todd. This is AJ. And we're back. Hello, folks. Happy Easter. Hey. Happy Easter. <laughs> Funny story about Easter. I had a professor in, in uh, seminary who was so passionate and, in my opinion, almost hateful in regards to Easter because he said that Easter eggs, because they were related to a Babylonian or some form of pagan god, Ishtar. Okay. And that we were all a bunch of pagan scumbags, essentially, for, uh, for celebrating Easter. For real? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Weirdly, you know this guy. He's the guy I told you about. That, uh, Him? That, uh-huh, it, same guy. What? Uh, anyway, Bro. funny story. Are there some parallels to certain things? Sure. That didn't mean anything, right? Um, that, wow. But... Not, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, right man. Off right, right off, the, off bat. the bat, tell you that. Rhyme all the time. <laughs> the name's Todd, and yeah, sometimes I'm odd. But let's get going. Let's get the show flowing. Dude. Anyway, <laughs> oh, what's real talk? Opportunity to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. We tackle the questions, the tough questions that maybe you feel uncomfortable asking. You. Uh, but whether it's because it's embarrassing, or you feel uncomfortable, or you just don't have someone to ask, you can do that with us. Do we promise to be... Perfect all the time? Well, certainly not. Uh, however, we will do the best of our... We will answer the questions to the best of our ability. So, how can you join this? Well, somewhere in the description of this show and or podcast, you'll see a link. www.theremnant.life slash real dash talk. That's R-E-A-L in the real. www.theremnant.life slash real dash talk. Click the link. Follow the instructions at the bottom of the page to submit a question. Tippity-tap your question, comment, copy-paste your link on your article, whatever. Whatever you want thoughts on or have questions on, it'll go into our database completely, anonymously, and instantaneously. And we couldn't find you if we tried because it truly is anonymous, so you don't have to worry about us like going, ha, 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 look at what Bob asked. Hmm. We don't know. So, that's it. When you copy and paste things, do you do hotkeys or do you right-click? Uh, I click. Mm. Typically. I was curious, because for the longest time I clicked too, and then I discovered hotkeys, and it was it was a huge blessing. Well, there you go. <laughs> a little tech info for you as well. You got history lesson at the beginning. You got information tech. on yeah. tech. <laughs> so, <clears throat> before we hear the, the you know people going, what's wrong with those guys? They seem down. We are a little down, man. It's one of the. One of the big topics we're going to talk about today, if you're listening, is we're going to talk about what happened in Hillsong. And for lack yeah. of a better word, the scandal that's come out um, regarding Hillsong, uh, the church, the massive church that has blessed a lot of people with a lot of, primarily people probably know them for the worship songs. Yeah. Um, that's blessed a lot of people. And, you know, as we read that, we are human beings, and it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see, you know, the effects of, of that. So I think we, we were talking about this before the show came on, that it kind of probably brought our mood down a little bit. Yeah, man. Um, because when it comes to articles, we do prepare. Like, we want to do the best we can, so we've read the details, and it's heavy stuff. It is heavy. I agree. And, and, you know, we both feel this way, and even AJ, I was like, hey, man, why are you mopey? And I was mm-hmm. I was somber myself, and he goes, I guess I just want to make sure that we, you know, that I'm honoring it the right way. And yeah, we, we, we prayed for that. Um, I feel the same way. So... That's what you're noticing, so don't think we're sad. We're just somber. We're still here to amuse you. Joyfully sad. So is is Big Voice. I'm still here, and I agree with the men. Wolf Voice is here as well. Rat Voice. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
Sound like a bat or something. Anyway. Dude, that was that was. I'm, I don't think I've ever made that noise in my life. That was exciting. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's it. So typically we catch up on the day, the mm-hmm. week. Um, you know, for those that care, want to know. <laughs> for uh, those that care. Anything going on in your life you want to talk about? If not, we move right on, man. You know, I think I kind of. It's just been a continuation for what I talked about last week on last week's episode. You know, I just... Uh, <laughs> Cheers to you. <laughs> hey. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's just kind of a lot of the same. Like, you know, what does it look like to really, you know, pursue Christ? You know, am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do every day? So here's the thing. I'm going to cut you off real quick because I do want to make sure we're showing people. Like... If you, you set yourself, you go, that's the same thing as it was last week. Is there any growth? Has anything happened? I will you say. you feel like you've taken any <laughs> steps in this so people don't think we just talk the talk but don't walk the walk? I would say that I've taken small steps. What are they? So, so like, uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like I've been a little more joyful. Like, I feel like I've been a little more in the moment, I okay. feel like. Um, sure. You know, I, I haven't let, like, circumstances, I haven't let, like, you know, the the, you know, quote, to do, you know, like, overwhelm me and, and take me out of moments that I need to be present in. Um, I did have, like, a cool little moment last night where, like, it's funny because, like, you forget how powerful worship can be. Mm. Like, I went around and, like, walked last night and, like, just listened to worship music. And I was like, man, it's really, like, I wish I'd do this more. Like, I should do this more because it just really does change, like, your 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 head. It changes, like, your thought life. It changes all that, man. So, like, I don't know. Just it really turned like my night. Like, so are you gonna do it more? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Like, How are you gonna do it more? Um, just real. Like, I just need to make that time. Like, be so intentional. When's the, the time? time? Um, <laughs> I would say, particularly like in moments where like like Sam alone. Like, say if I'm by myself, mm-hmm. like that's a good time to like put that. Is that stuff intentional on. though? Is that intentional time? Because you said I should go walk and do that more. Is that are you being intentional or just kind of letting it happen? Um, if it happens. Because what happens if it doesn't happen? What happens if there's a day you're not alone by, like, chance? That's a good point. I would say... I don't know. It's a good question. I would say Could that... you just pick a time? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I could. Because <laughs> um, hmm. these... Like, here's the thing, man. I'm not necessarily sure one of your strong suits is just like, hey, I'm just going to go with the flow. That's and, true. And it'll happen. He's, he's very you know right. I mean? Yes, because if I <laughs> because if I tend to try to take a lax uh, approach, it tends to not happen. <laughs> so that's <laughs> it's a good call. Um, I just, hmm. I mean, you, you were really intentionally said, hey, I need to do this more. And I'm just like, okay, so when are you going to do it more? Hmm. Why are you so weird about picking a time? Are you like, like what? If I'm watching this from the outside, I'm going, why is this dude literally saying he wants to do something? But when it comes to actually picking it, he's like, I can't do it. <laughs> Come in the shoes. No, uh, I get it. Uh-huh. That's all you got to say. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's a good, maybe because it, it makes me feel like it's going to turn into a scheduled thing. I and mean, that guy so kind of loses the heart of it. That's that's where my mind goes. Dude, that's just like a hippie comment. It is. Like, <laughs> that's my background too. We actually had this talk the other day about how uh, it was funny. I was describing. Remember when I was describing somebody? I was like, yeah, man. He was like, you know, he was like this guy who, like, you know, he's like just kind of like, cause you wouldn't expect him to be as conservative as he was, and all this. And I was saying all this stuff. He goes, "You mean you?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." yeah. I do remember that? Uh, that's what that reminded me of. That's hilarious. I would say, like, probably like, you know, around like evening like, time. Okay. 
you I'm just time. asking. Yeah. Here's the thing, because like I do believe you make some steps, but I feel like in the show, if, if we just say the same things, like it's cool to show the journey. I wonder if sometimes, and I don't know the answer, I, I think the same for myself, that we don't actually show the journey. We just show the problem over and over again. Mm, that's really good, right. man. And I think that's that's an easy habit to fall into. It's probably why, yeah. why I do that. Which then we're not really being a good example of like real talk. Mm. And it makes it less, you know, meaningful when we, when we share the fact that we haven't taken steps. Because weirdly, this show is kind of almost a weird accountability thing. Because we say stuff, and then we've got to, like, did we do it? <laughs> that is true, dude. That That's part of the sharing of the life. It's yeah. interesting because, like, yeah, because then a lot of people know about, hey, he's trying to do this thing. You know what's interesting, though? This I, I have a question for us in the midst of this. Have you ever had anybody approach you about something you said on the show oh, and yeah, ask if they've sure. done it? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Or they'll reference that I said I was working on this and... You know, that I'm not. Yeah, I've had... <laughs> so, yeah, that's happened. I think I've had maybe one, maybe two people do that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I was just curious if people have done that. Oh, um, yeah. No, but thank you for saying that because that does help because I, you're right. Like, sharing the journey is something I've never been good at. Even, like, so before I was a believer, like, I definitely struggled with that. Like, just talking about life in general. So as I've, you know, gone to, you know, as I've gone to know Christ more over the years and like the relationship has, has gotten stronger or, you know, it's, it's been, it's had its ups and downs. Like sharing the journey is something that I kind of go in seasons with. I feel like sometimes I'm good at it. Sometimes I am not very good at it. So that's good. I'm glad you, you said that because that reminds me of like, Hey, like I've got to, it's good to let people see that. So, cause you, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just thinking of people like that thought so mean to them. Gosh dang. Mm. <laughs> That's how they sound too. That's exactly how they breathe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I I like I like what you said because it really it kind of like breaks that that I don't even know what to call it, that, that that shell I can tend to put on myself of like, oh yeah, this is what we do, this is our little like order of things, this is what I say, because that's just how I can get sometimes. It's almost like it's like a pilot. So autopilot sort of thing. So yeah, man, I appreciate that, and like, I'm definitely gonna be more intentional about listening, to, like, listening to that worship, and like, you know, at you know, in the evening times, like in those times when I find myself, <laughs> yeah, by myself, and you know, and and even you know, like you said, like, not even just like settling for the fact, like, only when I'm by myself, like, just making it intentional in the day, because there may be times where I'm not, you know, so that's really good, man. Thank you. So I would You're say, welcome. I would say, yeah, the journey is. That's been that was part of the steps this week was like, just kind of like, I don't know, I did things that I some I, lately I haven't been doing and I did them and it definitely like I saw the difference you know, so. Oh, excuse me, what about you, man? <laughs> What's um, the journey of life looking for you? Well, one thing that I want to bring up is I've been told, and this is going to come across. So I've been told that it looks like I don't pay attention to you. Okay, um, so I've been in this place of, I know if you noticed it, I don't know whether to look at you, to not look at you. I am literally overwhelmed with what to do because, I, you know, sometimes I understand it when I have my phone out, but a lot of times either um, I'm like researching mm -hmm. while you're talking or whatever. And, but so I've put the phone aside. I can do that. But now I am literally unsure of how to prove that I'm listening to you. Uh, I think you prove it by interacting. But I've been told that I don't that that is not the case. 
Um, so, hey, I, I care about you, man. I care about what you say. I believe so that. So I want you to know that if I come across as awkward, yeah, it's because I am. I am. It's because I, I am. Because I'm trying to figure out how dude, to like do this. You know, you know what what's mean? funny though is like this just proves, dude. Y'all are y'all are lame sometimes talking to you, like because I do similar things and no one's ever said anything to me. Like like I look at you sometimes and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm still listening, but I'm not looking at you. Yeah, and like, mm. but no one's ever said you don't pay attention to Todd. So it's like it's my face, man. I have a very like un- I don't get it unlikable face when it comes to like. I don't mean even like who's ugly. Mm-hmm. No, that could be true. What I mean is, <laughs> I just mean like in general. And I think, um, yeah, I know. I really do. I think that's part of it. And you have a very like lovable, like, hey, let me hug that guy, you know, which is a good, great quality to have. I used to have it. Until I, don't age know. I don't even know what it bitterness is. Bitterness just sucked me dry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that is though. Like, I can't, like, listen, man, some people are huggable. I think you're huggable. All right, yeah. So, anyway, I I mean that genuinely. And I listen. I get why when I'm looking at my phone. Like I've even I've I've said this on camera before on the show that hey, I literally look like I'm not listening to a word you say. (laughs) I I do remember that. Um, and I and I get that. It's just there were I specifically was like, oh well, I wasn't looking at my phone as much. Like, well, you still don't look like you're paying attention. I'm like, I don't know how how to pay attention. I'm listening. You just need to look at the camera sometimes, but. So I am sorry if I've come across that way to you guys out there, you know. And have there been times I probably missed stuff? Sure. But you know, I I do like I do care. Anyway, so (laughs) I do care. How am I doing? Yeah. You know, I'll talk about a little bit later in the article. Reading this article has been tough for me, man, because you know, I've talked about this and hinted at it and this is like probably as transparent as I can be. So I have sinned in my life multiple times, but I had a big sin moral failing 10 not quite nine years ago mm. which is crazy to think about and kind of like a you know public and like not anything i'm going to go to jail for so don't freak out you know people like Eesh. it's nothing like that but because of that <clears throat> and I, the reason i don't talk more in detail is i've been told not to like advised not to by like you know church leadership and stuff and believe despite mm-hmm. what people think i submit to that yeah because listen Todd, even if it's not from a good place, I'm like, I'll freaking tell you everything just to prove, you know, that I don't care or that God is big. But because of that, and, you know, it touches on nerves, man, of, of the damage that's done when, when, we, when we make mistakes. And also, um, I don't know, man, it, it's just a somber thing. And this article has really made me somber and made me kind of like, ah, man, kind of t- taking me back to... Not that the situation's the same, so don't... That's what stinks about not giving detail. It's not the exact same, but the feeling of, like, man, you know? Because I hurt... I guess... This is what I'm putting. I hurt, I, hurt for, I hurt for everyone. Mm. You know, I hurt for the people that the church... For the church that gets hurt. I hurt for the people that have sinned. I hurt for, for the people that have been sinned against. It just... The whole thing is just... It, it sucks, you know? And it stinks. Right. And, um... But also, I think some of it is a great opportunity to have a real talk about what the church is and what Christianity really is and, you know, some uncomfortable truths that we have to wrestle with as believers. Because what does forgiveness look like? What does restoration look like? What does hope look like? What does coming beside someone, not just in the moments when they've been sinned against, but coming beside someone when they've sinned? And what, what does that stuff look like? 
You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Um, so I think that's been kind of on my heart today. Um, I don't want to sound like a broken record either. Uh, but, you know, I've said this before. We're on a journey, man. We're all on a journey. And I'm on a journey, too. And hmm. this last year, I've talked about it a lot. It's been a crazy year for me, man. And a year where I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, having to... I hate those moments when you when God opens your eyes. I mean, I love them. But the moments when God opens your eyes to, like, long-term things you've fallen into, maybe. So, for instance, you know, you think you're doing something right. So, me trying to be what I think people want me to be ends up making me a monster. Because I'm not very good at being what people want me to be, right? So let's right. take past pastor role. I'm not very good at being what people think a pastor should be. And I'm not talking biblically even, though I'm not great at that either always. By the way, there's no biblical definition of that. It would be an overseer, which is closest. But mm-hmm. um, but it's that idea of like, you know, I'm just, isn't that interesting? So like the, the some of the qualities that people expect, let's say in a pastor, those are great qualities. And you, you know this, you two know this more than anyone. People don't believe me. I want to be those things. Like, yeah. I mean, I would if I could. I admire some of them. Oh, absolutely. Some of them I wouldn't. Yeah, you've I, definitely expressed that. Yeah, and, but I've, I've got to accept that's not who I am. And we're not talking mm-hmm. about sin issues, all right? We're talking about just, because when you think of a pastor, what do you think of? If you think of, and you've been in Christianity, okay, I'll use Clint's been in Christianity longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just did this big smile. What are, like, what are some words, like not even negative words, what comes to your mind when you think of a pastor? Uh, the way you were kind of raised to think. Like the jovial, hey there, type guy. Like, yeah. uh, always kind of the, the glad hander, like the hey, always this strange, like almost caricature of like super joyful. And, yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's which a great isn't, example. Which isn't. Which isn't bad, but no, it's great. The other side of it is like they're they're not always they're not transparent. Transparent. Yeah. They're not normally around you a lot. Like they're there, but they're not there. Yeah, what that and, and we're and to be clear, we're talking about the stereotype, right? I mean, those yeah. are real. Stereotypes are real. They're mm-hmm. above everybody. Yeah, and and yeah, thanks, no man. sin. So <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> positive and negative. So the positive ones are like, man, I've met some guys that, gosh darn it, dude, they're just such amazing servants. Like, you know, I, I'm thinking of a pastor in particular. He used to watch the show. He probably doesn't know. I don't really want to say his name, even though it's good stuff. I'll call him Jordan. It's not okay. his name. Okay. But you know who I'm talking about? Yep. So this pastor, Jordan guy, um, older guy, older than me, and I love his heart, man. He's a guy that goes and, like, takes people to get groceries and, you know, like, I don't know, people, just, he does that stuff for his people, and, I, and we should all do that, and... My point is he's just so good at seeing, I guess for lack of a better word, the day-to-day needs of people. Yeah. Right? And I and I genuinely, you remember, I, I brought this up. If you were a long-term viewer of the show, I probably talked about this two years ago. You did. Yep. And I really admire that. And so I think, okay, the way to become that is to be him, you know? And when I do that, I'm just, I'm, I end up not being him and being this weird caricature, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and, I, and people don't even respond as well to it. Exactly. Which is weird. Because it's not like you're not really being you. Genuine, yeah. Yeah. And so, think, which, it also, like, to me, it proves, like, like the idea of, like, the body of Christ. Mm. And that even... That we all have a different role. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. And there certainly should be things that are in common, right? I mean, there's there's biblical qualifications, and I'm not talking about those. Like, we should all aspire. But it says all men should aspire to that, too. True. So, um, men of God. Hope this makes sense. So, just on that journey of... You know, trust and 
and, and we all deal with doubt and how and what do you do with that you know here's the thing that i people probably don't believe i struggle with it's going to be a little different i struggle with with believing and trusting in the gifts god gave me so i've been told that if you just meet me it can look like i'm really confident or i'm i'm arrogant even you know in the negative sense but anyone that knows me well knows that actually is not a struggle of mine. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really struggle with arrogance no. that much. You know what I mean? We all do to a degree, but not in the sense. If any, if anything, I get hindered more by my, I guess it is arrogance in a way, by my refusal to believe that God has given me the gifts he's given me hmm. and that the good in me isn't just by chance, but that he has given me for a specific purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's something that I always have to, and I guess in a way it is arrogance, because again, I'm setting myself and my own view of myself, even if it's negative, above his view of me. And I let that get in the way of his desires for me and what he wants me to do sometimes. It's really good, man. Because I don't think I'm worthy, right, in a moment. We all have moments of doubt. And if if I live in that, then, oof. Or if I want to prove myself worthy in people's eyes more than I do his eyes. That, I, dude, I, I get you that know? 100%. And then I become this, like, weird thing. Mm-hmm. So. I, this, those two things you just mentioned is something I definitely, I've realized in myself that I I definitely struggle with a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I get it, man. Sorry. No. No, man, it's just, you mean, like, sorry that I'm dealing that? What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, I appreciate it. It's just hard. Yeah. And you guys know this, so I'm really saying it for them, because we do have conversations outside of this. So, but I'll tell you the positive. So the joy that I've been choosing is still, even if it seems like, you know, let's say out of seven days, clearly I'm making this very like simplified because life's not like this, but if out of seven days, it used to be that two days I was choosing joy and the goal is seven, I'm definitely up to four right now and in, in, in moments. And that's been cool yeah, to man. like know that to have some consistency in that and to, and to just come to the realization that we have power by the Holy Spirit, that it's natural for us to have joy, mm. you know? And as long as we aren't, you know, or as long as we're choosing to live out of that and allowing that to grow and not poisoning the fruit with the works of the flesh, meaning, you know, uh, sin. I think it's funny that he calls it the works of the flesh. We have to work at sinning as, as saints, but we just have to exist as believers, and we'll grow that positive fruit, right? Because so, a fruit tree doesn't have to work to grow fruit. It's so convicting, man. It's cool. It's like you're constantly... I like the, the idea of like the branch, right, and how it's just constantly growing. Because yeah. when I think of the idea of us like having to work to... to like to work for that, like it's like I, I imagine us like literally like we're growing and we, we just like cut in front of us all the time, mm. go back, cut it again. Yeah, it keeps growing. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it. A lot of cool stuff happening that's exciting. I'll end on this is like our field. Oh, yeah. Those that have been long term views of the show, we have been working on the sports field, the softball. That's kind of our first step, the softball field. And we have fundraised and we have donated and our church has sacrificed and worked and like it's it's here man it's, it's going in right as we speak cool. to see it actually coming to fruition and to see how nice it is 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 so incredibly awesome oh man it's so um, cool to see it come together so if you're a local person that doesn't go to the church that sponsors the show and you want to swing by feel free to swing by the back and see what's happening because it's so exciting oh man. it really is it's and nice i'm so excited. i just feel like once we get past that it's going to be a huge step for us to be yes. able to move forward in other things so a big shout out to to Andy, yes. one of the guys in our church, um, and uh, 
bunch of guys helped. There were like oh, 12 yeah. guys that helped the other day, but I know Andy and James, a couple guys that have really been working on it consistently. And just really cool to see the whole church come together for something like that. Yeah, and, man. And to see all that work I just, starting to you know, finally show. Because it, it's just been cool. Because we had to do a ton of work. We had to flatten land, and we had to <laughs> plant grass. And, you know, here's a weird thing we've talked about before. It turns out... Not really any company out there that just tells you how to make a softball field. <laughs> nope. So you just got to, like, look it up. It's, so. Yeah, it's odd. Different steps. What, what a weird niche mm-hmm. of life that no one's ever really mm-hmm. put out. And like. And then we tried to kind of do this right in the midst of 2020 when the quarantine, right? At the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I guess it was at the very beginning, right? Very beginning of 2020. I think so. so. We're now in 2022, and it's finally kind of being finished. So. Yeah. We praying for us. We're kind of hoping that our church softball league in the county we're in, because we really want to serve in that way, gets to play on it. It's yes. it, it should be playable, right? Ready to roll. That's, dude, it's um, right around the corner. It's so so cool. hoping that awesome. they'll be excited too. So that's been fun to see. It's been a heck of a process. Man. Oh man, no joke. A lot of cool people have have donated. Big shout out to my buddy J Rock Jason. He knows who he is. Um, J Rock. I guess the name our field as of right now. I got to get a hold of him because he was the biggest donor. And uh, just, you know, he doesn't even live in the state right nope. now. Lives in Denver, Colorado. And he said to me, he goes, Todd, I believe, his exact, he's just a cool guy, man. I've known my, one of my high school best friends. Got a hold of him. He's uh, the successful guy. He's uh, killing it in the business game. Always has been. He's the guy that, I don't know if he'd be okay with me telling this, but you remember me talking about the Pepsi points and Mountain Dew points back in the day? Yep. He's always just been a business guy, man. Dude. Very, very intelligent and smart in that area. And he, uh. Just killing the game. And I just reached out to him and said, hey, brother, you know, love it. And I did not expect him to do what he did. I'm thinking, like, hey, you might do it. And now it's going to be funny when he hears me say this. I was thinking maybe a couple hundred bucks, you know. And he went well above and beyond that. Mm-hmm. So I just want to give him a special shout-out. He probably will never see this show unless I tell him, hey, man, go listen to that. And But thank you so much, brother. I love you, appreciate you, and I promise you that your uh, – your investment is is has already been fruitful, and it's going to be even more fruitful as we kind of offer free stuff to youth in this community who otherwise don't get to take part in in sports leagues. And before everyone says, "Well, sure, you can go to you know the YMCA is great, great, great organization, and they do a lot of yeah. things, and I know they have you know programs," but but there's a lot of people in the community that that can't even afford anything when it comes to that, you know, and to be able hopefully we will be able to give an opportunity for them to learn those cool lessons you can only learn in sports and to be oh, invested yeah. in. And sports are such a great vehicle to even share the gospel and to love people. So yes. we're so excited about doing that, doing free leagues for adults, doing, you know, we're just excited about what we can do through that. Somebody, so thank you, man. Appreciate yes, you. Thank you so much, dude. What a blessing it's been. And like, like you said, just the, like the, there's so many avenues that are about to open up. To mm-hmm. just ministry and like it's just it's gonna be so cool to see and I know like we're we're active church man so like it's it's gonna be cool to have people out and about and just doing stuff out there it's gonna be so cool yeah I'm really glad you said that man because I I almost forgot that so people are like why would you do this we have always been about the church that sponsors this show uh, which we're so thankful to be a part of that community of believers you got those that watch you guys are so cool but <clears throat> we were trying to find a way in which our our body is specifically gifted in a way that maybe we can serve using what we are. And you said we're a very active church. Yes. We're very sports. Like, we just naturally do that. So in the summer, for instance, there's a volleyball game that literally, religiously, (laughs) no pun pun intended, actually, (laughs) happens like every Tuesday, right? Community Mm -hmm. times. And we play flag football, and we do all these crazy fun things. And um, we're just very active. And 
a lot of people love sports, and so we've, we're kind of dreaming up this way to use that to impact the kingdom, right? I mean, to extend the kingdom. So yes, pretty cool, man. Pretty pretty really cool. Is. I pray, you know, big shout out to the the Remnant Church and the folks out there that are watching this show here in Indiana. You guys have done such a cool job, and you know, keep praying. And I, I like what you said. I think the opportunities are about to show themselves, and you're going to be blown away. So awesome. Yeah. You know, I know we've even talked about, like, you know, that was actually one of the things I thought about last night. I was out there. I was walking around listening, listening to music, yeah. and I was like, I just, like, thought about the idea of, like, people even out there for, like, a concert. Like, oh, yeah, a man. Concert, and I was like, dude, I thought, wow. I, yeah, I brought that up a few weeks ago, yes. like, the idea of doing, we'll keep it to ourselves. <laughs> Um, but I, I think you're right, man. I think Dude. there's some really cool opportunities. Yes. And it's funny, man. I don't know if you guys noticed this. This is real talk. So it was very hilly land. Dude. <laughs> and what's was, crazy. Dude, it was rolling plains. So what's, co- what's cool, though, is now this field is kind of in this basin. Have you noticed this? And, like, yep. it's sort of surrounded by hills in a way. And it's it, I can already envision people, like, look, being able to watch that, you know, and sitting down on that. And we so have a cool. cross – um, where people go out to pray, a huge yep. amount of property that looks down over it. It's just, so, it's just so. I was doing this I, last night. I um, stole my walk idea, but you know, because I invented walking. Um, <laughs> but it was. Uh, I went walking last night, and I you sat up there me. and looked down on it. It was just really cool. Did you stand on a rock? No, I just sat on the bench. <laughs> but you did. You stood on the rock. I stood on the rocks. Wow. I don't know why. Hey, I just found myself standing. Were you rocks. looking over it? I was, and just pride and love. Mm-hmm. Nice. I cried. Did you? I did. Beautiful. Isn't it, it was very beautiful. I don't yeah. know why I was standing on the rock. I just remember looking down. Like, well, how did I get on the rocks? And then, how did this happen? And this I was place. Like, you look around. Rock and foundation. Goodness. Christ. I was like, well, that's did cool. you think that? I did. Nice. <laughs> I was like, wow. Symbolism of your life. It was really cool. That and is like, cool, actually. Man, it was cool. But yeah, I have sat on that bench though out there, and dude, that that is just it's different out there. It is, man. It really it is. is. So <clears throat> that's it. I rambled a lot. But I want I, I have one other thing to bring up. Yeah. I do love the Rocks thing. So those that say I didn't listen to them, I love it. But you reminded me of this. So I, I'll help everyone connect that I didn't just change subjects. You made me think of, I'll tell you exactly how my mind works. This would be good. So you said Rock, and he was standing there. And I was like, that's a cool thing he could use in a sermon someday. Right? And then I started thinking of sermons. And yeah. then I thought of this Sunday. And I had another thought. Someone came, someone came to me I love this. about my sermon. I don't, it's not. It's not necessarily a good thing. I oh. need to explain myself. <laughs> so I was told, once again, by people, person, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm angry all the time, blah, 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 blah. Okay. All right. That's not true. Okay, I'm a very passionate person. Do I believe that can come across as anger? Sure. However, yeah. I do want to address something specific. That was apparently. So there's a moment in the last week's message. I even almost deleted this and didn't tell you last time. I almost deleted the whole message. Oh, okay. I wow. not because t- I have the ability. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. Right? Just like you could, yeah. we could do it. Yeah. The best part about that would have been the panic that would have went through AJ, me, the whole social. You guys media wouldn't even team. notice. Guarantee you would not have noticed. Think about I, it. Hour. I wouldn't have noticed till Thursday. Probably. Hours later. Why right. Thursday? Because I look at the sermon. And I go oh. back through. I, Thursday, I would have been like this. I would have been like... <laughs> Good thing I didn't do that. Like, anyway. I would have been terrified. You would have seen, like, the five... You would have seen I would have been sirens. like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. They took it down. So, so why did you almost delete it? I'm about it? to tell you. So there's a portion. I don't know if you remember this. In the message. Okay. And I actually agree that this looks terrible. <laughs> okay. I want to point this out. However, you need to go and listen to what I said. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the words, it makes it a tiny, 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 tiny bit better. All right? Okay. 
so I was, I'll tell you what the accusation was. Okay. Versus what, what actually was said. So I was told, you know, I think, and they weren't necessarily being mean, but hey, I think, you know, you don't have to be as mean and you need to quit calling people out individually. And I was like, dude, I don't like genuinely like, what are you talking about calling people out individually? Like, when I say names of people, I'm not ever calling them out. I'm no. always like laughing or me. Mm-hmm. And I said, give me an example. And they said, well, you yelled out at someone for not giving an amen, but giving an amen to Luke, who is a, uh, one of our pastors here who preached last week or mm-hmm. two weeks ago. That is not what I said. Okay? Right. Unless I'm insane. I... What I said was, because the point of the sermon was sometimes we, in the church, not the point of it, but this point of this specific thing, I'll tell you what I said and I'll explain. No, I'm going to expl- say what I, the context and then it. Okay. I, what I meant was a lot of times like we are conditioned to hard truth, meaning the kind of like we'll accept that sin leads to death. Like we always know there's kind of two extremes in Christianity. Those who are like, who don't take sin serious enough. And then right. those who they almost glorify and worship the concept of sin. So I was kind of saying like in general that people will amen that kind of truth that punches you in the mouth of like to hell with you, you know, if you do sure. this, but when it comes and they'll amen that. But when it comes to messages of grace and truth, we're so afraid that we're we we're diluting the gospel that we aren't as passionate about that. So we won't. So we won't. I get you. Right. And if you go listen, that is what I said. However, so I was like, listen, you'll amen this, but you it wasn't even about that guy's message. Right. In fact, I don't even think I said that guy's name. Hmm. I think I said it earlier making a joke about how because I always, you know, make fun of how handsome and muscular Luke is. Mm-hmm. And by make fun of, I mean just love. <laughs> um <laughs> You get what I'm saying? But in all seriousness, so so those out there, all that to say, if from the remnant church that may have watched the sermon, yeah. don't let your mind fool you into believing that I randomly called out a guy who <laughs> happens to amen loudly, because I did yell, amen. <laughs> it wasn't, I get it, circumstantial evidence, this has been a theme on, on Real Talk, would point to that I was talking to him, but I wasn't. My point was bigger and was like about... Culture. Yeah. I think I remember this. Did you? But, so it came off like I called that dude out? No. I Did it come out of the way to you? Do you remember this moment? when I? Okay. I remember this time. Yeah, I remember the exact moment. But So I genuinely yeah. am sorry if, that, if it felt like to that guy, and I mean this seriously, even though I'm kind of joking. I did not mean it that way. Yeah. If you listen. And I wanted to address that. No, I think it's cool that you do, man. Yeah. Because so, sorry. Go ahead, fun turn. What were you saying? Oh, yeah, no, it didn't come off that way at all. I actually laughed because I was like, he has a point. Like, they will amen all this stuff and... and but when it comes to this, they won't at all. Right. Because I was like, that makes sense. I'm going to bust this open real quick. I'm sorry if that was loud. Yeah, I, I don't think there was anything wrong with that. I actually was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I didn't think that that came off as... Um, I don't think that came off as you just like directly calling somebody out at all. I think I, I understood the overarching point of what you were trying to say. And I thought it was good. If anything, dude, I think those are the times, man, where I think you were, like, this is where, like, you being special comes in because you have a great way of pulling people back in. You know, I think you, you're well aware of the goldfish effect, and you are good at pulling people back in. That's, like, sometimes you, like, you have to, you have to butt, like, break through people's, like, kind of like what I said earlier about, like, how I have my own little shell that needs broken out of sometimes. You do that with people. Oh, that's really, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I actually, man, and it's kind of a funny story because the person had a point that I go, huh, I suppose it could have looked that way. Um, <laughs> um, but it was pretty, pretty funny. And also, like, 
I didn't mean it that way. If yeah. Because the guy she claims I'm saying that to probably is one of our best viewers of this show. Oh, absolutely. And I was not doing that. He, I would never do that because I mm-hmm. love that guy. I, oh, yeah. So interesting week. Um, definitely dealing with a lot of attacks, man, on my identity lately. I mm. will say that, you know, of like, and maybe that encourages some of you out there, I guess, in a weird way. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're in the, one of those periods of mo- life where people are telling you, well, one, your own mind tells you that you're a screw up or messed up or not good at this or not good at that, or you're bad. And then people, every now and then we go through periods, whether it's the enemy kind of using people or coincidence or whatever, but people's messages to you align with that. Mm. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden you can start to go, gosh, darn it. Maybe though, you know, what's true? Which is why it's so important to know who you are in Christ. Amen, dude. And not let, that's so good. It's like, it's like the stars aligning in the worst way almost. It's all just like, it somehow just starts to make sense in the worst way. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard those lies a lot in the life. But I'm sorry, dude, because that's that is a hard battle to fight. And being rooted in the truth is a lot hmm. easier said than done sometimes. So it's really cool. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, man. I think you speak for a lot of people. You know, I know we've kind of come on here, like, you know, in the past, like, month, month and a half, and we've kind of said, like, hey, like, you know, we've been through – how we've kind of said, like, we've been in such an interesting time for our church as, like, as a whole. And I, th- I think that, honestly, I think you speak for a lot of people. I think a lot of our, you know, our church as a whole, man, we've kind of went through a season of, like, I think people have been dealing with a lot more lies lately, and they haven't fought them off as well. Mm. You know, and that's, that can affect us. So I think it's cool that you're willing to come out and say that, you know. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I try to, I, I want to be real because I, I really encourage people to be real and to have people that you can share what you're thinking and yes. it doesn't always have to be rational sometimes those are the times you need to talk the most is when your thoughts are irrational sometimes we think because you know they're irrational that means you shouldn't talk about them but that's not true that doesn't make them go away just because you know they're irrational that's good man it doesn't exactly you know? doesn't take them away and like you keeping it in a way is like almost like the enemy still has a hold on you and I have a, I, that's so good, man. And I have a, a thought too. I, I've noticed, I think when people are unwilling to talk with others about it, they're also unwilling to talk with God. <sighs> I really do. I think they don't think about praying and discussing it and asking for God's help, you know, to navigate those thoughts because mm-hmm. they think it's wrong that they're so focused on it being irrational wrong, they're even having those thoughts. Man. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So we get this, and think about this, this is where it gets creepy. Would God ever want you to not talk to him ever? So then, who who's that idea coming from? That's that's the enemy, man. Yeah, man. And our own, it's you know, fleshly insecurities at times. It's so. good. Cool. Nice. Well, I'll tell you this. Now we get to ask Fun Turn how he's doing. So Fun Turn, how are you doing? Well, I would say my life has been very interesting the last few days. Uh, had a men's group and uh, where Todd shared some stuff, and it, it was really good, and it got me thinking, and. I am definitely, like, this weird version of, like, a hider, but also, like, I justify it in my own mind, like, hey, I can take care of this on my own. So I guess I'm not telling everything. There's been a sadness probably inside of me for a long time, and I just don't talk about it, and then I don't want to deal with it either. So, like, because it feels weak and because of all those things, it doesn't feel like I should feel that way or I don't Mm -hmm. want to burden somebody. That's what I tell myself. So I'm going to take care of this on my own, but it never really fully gets like, 
I'm definitely joyful and I'm happy. All those things are real. All those things are real. But I do definitely have, there's this sadness that's always been there, at least for a while. And I catch it in moments when people like tell me they're proud of me or <clears throat> in moments like when people talk about Christ and like the true heart of it and like all these little moments and like makes me want to cry. And then I had this moment where eventually I just, I let it all out. I wrote down everything on my mind and I finally, and I just put it down all, all down on basically a text message, just send it to Todd, send it to the Remnant House group that we have and just kind of let everything out and like what was on my mind and just like things that I had either held on to or my personal yeah. fears that I don't talk about because they make me feel weak. And since then the enemy has attacked me and said, that was incredibly stupid of you. And I go, cause I mean, probably not a lot of people responded. Um, people responded. It's more of just like my mind naturally says it was like, it wasn't genuine. They don't really care. Or like there's this, this, the enemy is very definitely. What prevalent. makes you think that? Like what, when your mind rationally thinks that what evidence does it use? Because I've people felt this way past. before. Okay, that makes sense. Like, people would always say nice things and, like, say those things that they cared, but then you would quickly find out a little bit later on that nobody actually cared. Mm. And I think sometimes that has also led to me doing, like, social contracts with people that I don't even know I'm doing mm. because I'm trying to wait to see if you actually love me. But that's not fair to you, and that's not fair to anybody. How would they prove it to you in those moments when you have those contracts? What's, uh, what are you looking for? To be there to pursue me at times, too. That makes sense. To not just wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good, man. And something and I, for me, you know, feel convicted about. Me too. <clears throat> I think that also comes from my childhood because, like, I've I've had a lot of interesting things. Wild at Heart has been a really good book for me, and like, I've got to look at a few of those things, which is also I think it has woken up my heart a little bit. And even talk you, what, the way you talked last uh, it was Sunday night, uh, like it was almost like it's a glimpse. And I'm not fully back here yet, but there is a passionate sure. side of me that recognizes something that is making me sad. Where like I've become a part of christian culture in a sense air quotes and i've been indoctrinated and Mm. it was this thing that i hated and i truly disliked Mm. i remember i I tell the story all the time ron grimo is a very great guy and i remember talking to him about it and like very wise man talking to me about all this stuff and then kind of pointing out like hey no it's not this and like trying to like hey you can be upset about this but don't be careful not to become it and then also be careful not to be absorbed by it like that's not yeah where you should be or like mm. don't judge them or else you'll become that. And I've become that and I hate that. Um, and then I've kind of got back to my, the thing that I hide from myself and like other people is like, I don't know. Like I wasn't a very, like I was social, but I wasn't social. So I didn't have a lot of friends growing up and I wasn't allowed out of the house very often. And because of that, I don't fully understand Christian culture. I never have. Even when I started going to church, like I was like, why aren't we just loving like Jesus? Like mm. genuinely. Mm. And like this is what brought me here. Like I know Jesus would do this. Like this, like I was very passionate about that idea. Like if you got me going, I would be going. And like I've come back to that idea where I'm like, I just don't get this Christian culture. And in fact, it, at times it makes me angry. And then there's the other side of it is, is like there's a passion in there, but there's also the part of me that's like I've become this this idea of like almost a paper Christian and then just look yeah, at so. my whole life of like it's the idea of I'm going to smile, glad hand and try and say all the right things. I want to say all the right things, not necessarily even so like so you like me, not even like so I'm right. I'm going to say all these nice things, say all these things, not even things that I don't believe either, but I'm going to present them in a way that's like, hey, 
yeah, like I'm this savant at times, which doesn't come off that way at all, ever, for me especially. But like it's that idea Hmm. or like I'll say all these things and like at times or I'll be like, I'll just nod at things and I'll be like, yeah, I completely understand that. Like typically in big groups, that's what will happen. I'll just nod and I'll be like, yeah, I understand that when really in my mind I'm going, why didn't you just do this? Like, why didn't you just go talk to the person or do this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. So like this, it's almost like I've hid what I actually think rather than actually talking about it and like living out of it because there is a passion there. And I've also wondered if that's why like sometimes like the passion comes and goes because I keep shoving it back down because I'm like, oh, well, you can't be like that. Then everybody will try to get rid of you or they'll then it won't like you and then you don't want that because you've been alone so you don't want to be alone hmm. and like there's the the battle of like that and then like i said in the message i was like i wonder if i've been a christian for far too long and like i've i've just accepted that this is how it has to be written when that's not the case and i think there was like a lot of that just like i don't know it's been weird and it's been a weird interesting few days because i've been reading more like had weird questions i also kind of just thought about things in life and I eventually was like you know that was a weird situation that I didn't like and I just didn't say anything about because I was like yeah it's fine just allow myself to be complacent Hmm. rather than actually talking to anybody not even like in a situation to be like a teacher or anything like literally just talking in general and like why did you do that um so I don't know it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like it's just it's kind of like waking myself back up again I think and I've this happened for a while. I guess it just was something I noticed, and I was like, dang, I don't get this, and, like, I need to ask more questions, or I need to talk <clears> to people, or I need to do this. And even, like, Wild at Heart has woken me up in that, too, and, like, even quotes, like, I've been reading, and, like, it's been this weird thing of, like, it's almost like I'm trying to find out what it is to actually be, like, I've said this before, but, like, I don't know what it is to be, like, a man and, like, to be grown up. Like, I never got to see that. I never got to see that around me before, like, I was late, like, I was 18, and, like, 17, 18. Well, I think there's a lot of people that feel that way, man, so you're not alone in that. Oh, yeah. Where you were kind of waiting to feel like a grown-up, and I think what I'm finding in life is everyone feels that way. I don't know if you ever, (laughs) genuinely, to help, you know, do you ever feel, what's the signs of that? I don't know. It's interesting, but appreciate you sharing, man. You're always really transparent. Oh, yeah. How you're feeling, for real. Something I admire about you. So even Thank though you think you're not, I actually think you a lot of times are. <clears throat> Sometimes it's, it's... I think I try to be because I want to actually see people actually do that because that's what we're supposed to do. Like, sure. I get and that. I don't... I'm not always the best about it, but like... The truth is, that's how we're supposed to be. Like, it doesn't do any good to hide it. Like, And I think I've had to learn that the hard way these last few weeks. And like, if you're going to hide it, you're just going to... Like, you can't lie to yourself and do this on your own. That's why he told you to go to people yep. and talk mm-hmm. to people. We're not yep. meant to fight our battles alone, and we're supposed to love on one another. I, I guess I, it brought me back to how I came to know Christ and, like, the moments of, like, I saw how his people loved, and I saw how he loved, and then I was like, man, that's what I want. Like, I want to be loved like that. Yep. I want to love like that. Like, I want to <clears throat> this is awesome. And then later on, there was even more stuff that I learned, and I, I guess it itched. It is interesting, and thank you for saying that, because I don't feel like I'm being transparent. In fact, I don't give myself the time of day ever because I am very hard on myself. But Well, I'll tell you this, man, weirdly enough, and a good segue, is the doubt of not thinking you are and doubting who you are and doubting like whether you do it, right? Even though you say, yeah. <clears throat> it kind of goes with our first question here, yep. weirdly enough. 
almost was like, you didn't write this, did you? No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's okay if you did. It's so, um, and that's listen, man. <clears throat> don't focus on the times you don't do it. Just keep focusing on the times that you do and making multiplying those. You know what I mean? As far as being real, it's good. Just my thoughts on it. We love you, dude, and I yeah, see it. You, I do see it. You know, thank you. The stuff you're growing in, <clears throat> and I'm proud of you. So, I mean that. Even today, just the stuff you did on this, on show notes and stuff. You did such a oh, great job. Great job. Moving into that, since you did such a great job in these show notes, and time to move into the questions you have. Number one, we're ready to move on to our anonymous questions, AJ. Anon questions, let's go. Hey, Nana. <laughs> Number one. <clears throat> anonymous questions, here they are. Do you think the all-man part of Jesus had doubts about who he was? Do you think he ever doubted the Father would come through? Uh, question. I mean, yes, you know, Christ was fully man, so I'm sure he had doubts. Um, you know, that's what's interesting about, you know, like emotion and feelings. Like a lot of the time, I think we, we tend to think that because, you know, we have sin in us, like it's hard for us to fathom that Christ was fully God, fully man, so he felt exactly what we feel when he just didn't act on it. He didn't live in it like we do. Um, so, yeah, 100%, I think he had doubts of who he was. Um and I think, you know, I'm sure he probably had moments of, yes, doubting whether or not the Father was going to come through. But, like, you know, the thing, the beautiful thing about Jesus, you know, when he says this is, like, you know, like, your will be done. Like, I don't want to do this, but your will be done. And it's just, it's beautiful, man. Because, like, at that point, he's no longer relying on how he feels, like, at all. And that's something that we have a, such a hard time understanding because we are so, you know, we're sinful. And, like, we are so caught up in our feelings so often. So, Yeah. I, I definitely think he did, 100%. Well, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane, I think that's how it's pronounced, um, he did. He even That's why he prayed all that. He was sweating blood. Like, he was, like Todd talked about it in the sermon last week, even briefly, like, he was he was worried. He was afraid. He didn't oh, yeah. under, he wanted another way, but mm-hmm. yet he still did that. And I think there's so much to learn about that, and even in my own life. Like, he can handle your doubts. In fact, he wants you to come with, come mm-hmm. to him with them because he wants to talk to his son or his daughter. He wants to speak with you and be like, hey, no, that's a doubt. I am real, and I love you, and I know it doesn't seem like that, or this doesn't seem like the right way, but trust me, it is. And he wants you to come to him with those doubts. And I think we see that a lot in Jesus. And then the acceptance of Jesus at the end of the day with what you said, like your will be done. And like the get up, set his stone like a flint and go. Like it is, there is... We forget that God promises us so much, and then we don't trust him that he's going to come through because of mm-hmm. earthly stuff and things like that, but yeah. he is going to come through, and he loves us. And one of the the most comforting verses, not top 10 for me, is the verse, it's just very simply, he cannot lie. And like, I forget where it is exactly, but Todd, Todd you're the one who pointed this out, and I didn't even know it said that, but then I read it, and I was like, dude, that is super comforting, because... You think about people of the world and things like that, and then when you, you're like, man, maybe this isn't this, and then you read that, and you're like, he can't lie, so he does love me. These are all real. He promises me. He's not lying to me. He, these are all these things he does promise me. Hmm. And going to him with one of those doubts is something he wants you to do. Amen. <clears throat> all right. Let's see. I will say one other thing to add to that for everyone. Faith is really has nothing to do with whether or not someone doubts. Faith is believing when you have doubts and walking 
as though those doubts aren't the truth. So, you know, Jesus showed his faith and is a model of faith that it doesn't really even matter if he had those doubts. He never lived out of them ever. So and that's good. something that we have to do, you know, is, and is that we can take comfort in is stop worrying so much about that. Am I wrong because I have doubts or worries or maybe even doubt God, you know, you're going to learn that when you act out of your faith, he will show himself faithful time and time again. And then what's funny is when he does that, your steps of faith become easier because he's already proven himself, and that's what he does. And he's already proven himself in your life up to this point, and that's something to remember too. That's really so, good, man. Anyway. You're up, buddy. Next question. From a Christian standpoint, how do you guys view men being paid more over women? Very weird train of thought, but I was sitting in my bathroom staring at my fish and how I always refer to them as men and how men are superior in a Christian standpoint because God created men first and women came from man making men leaders. Then I thought about how does a Christian view underpaid women, and do you think it is a real thing and women should be paid equal? Uh, okay, well, first of all, thanks for asking this question. What a great question to ask, and uh, I like the fact that you, you're wondering, you know. I also think it's really cool that shows that you think about deep things as you're kind of <laughs> sitting in the bathroom and going, huh, why do I do that? That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I, I admire that. But I'm going to disagree with your assumption right away. Uh, the census says, and how men are superior in a Christian standpoint. I don't believe that the Bible teaches that men are superior. I believe that the Bible teaches that men and women are different, yes. but equal. Okay? Different in roles, equal, right, in importance, um, and in equal uh, in the eyes of God. So yes. we have this tendency to believe. Now, I will, let me, before I say this sentence, are men called in general, do I believe men are called to be leaders, to be, and by leaders, I mean the ones to take certain weight um, in their marriages, in the church? And the answer is yes. Yes, I do. I think it's very clear. Does that mean women can't be leaders? No. Does that mean women aren't, there are women more capable than the men who are in the positions of leadership in their lives? No. They may be smarter and more capable. Yeah. It has to do with God's design, and God is not a God of chaos and has given us structure to help that. <clears throat> and we've got to get out of this Western mindset, this sort of American mindset, that because someone is, quote, a leader, end quote, he or she is superior to the people they are leading. That's mm. not the case. It's not the kind of leadership that Jesus even talks about. When he describes leadership, um, for, I'm going to paraphrase here, but Jesus says the Gentiles, meaning the non-believers, the non-believers of this world, you see how they treat each other. Those in positions of power lorded over each other. And dominate each other. But it must not be that way amongst you. Because the first will be last and the last will be first. The one who wants to be greatest among you must be a servant of all. Man, that's good. And so leadership, true leadership, true biblical leadership, is taking weight, whether it's the weight of choices, responsibility, directions, and that, off of the people that you're serving, you're leading. So a husband leads. Is it fun to make big decisions? No, we all have doubts in those. So, yeah. and, and certainly a marriage should be, when at all possible, the two make the decision together, right? God just loves us enough to give us the tiebreaker so we don't have to wonder whose way, what happens when they, you know, if humanist gets in the way, and literally it's right or left. You can't, there is no in-between. Hmm. And he's told us what to do. So that does not mean women are, that men are, <laughs> it does not mean that men are superior to women. No. And you got to get out of your head that just because someone's called to be a leader means they are better than other people because that's not the case. In fact, I would say that, you know, God loves humility and loves servant-hearted more than anything, and that a true leader understands that. 
Now, that being said, let's move on to the, the idea of Christian <clears throat> being uh, underpaying women. Do I think it's a real thing? Should women be paid equal? Sure, I believe women should be paid equal for equal work. Absolutely. Okay? That, that's easy. I, think, I don't think anyone who's rational would disagree with that. No. Do I believe that it's a real thing that women are underpaid, that there's a wage gap? I do not. And I believe that's been debunked. And, and I, I, know, I say that knowing I'm going to upset some people. But, AJ, fun turn. I have come prepared with my evidence. You have. <clears throat> so I've got three articles here, and I'll touch base on them to I'm kind excited. of show. And some, some statistics to kind of point out what I'm trying to say here. So the first one <clears throat> excuse me, comes from <clears throat> the Suffolk, the Suffolk, Suffolk, S-U-F-F-O-L-K, the Suffolk Journal, Suffolk. That's it. The Suffolk Journal. And the article is by Raina Kaysen. It's mm-hmm. R-E-I-N-A-C-A-S-O-N. And it's um, from the February 26th of 2020 edition of the Suffolk Journal. And the article's name is, quote, The Gender Wage Gap is a Myth. So it's interesting that this is written by a woman. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the whole idea is, and if you look this up, they'll say it's still true. At the time... According to Forbes, she says, using the statistic, and this is quote, using the statistic that women make 78 cents on the dollar, they now say it's 82 cents on the dollar, so it's getting, quote, better. Hmm. Um, on the dollars, evidence of rampant discrimination has been debunked over and over again. This is according, she's quoting Forbes magazine. The statistic doesn't take into account a lot of choices that women and men make, education, years of experience, and hours worked that influence earnings. So the gender wage gap can be seen as a result of arbitrary decisions rather than discriminatory practices. So what that's saying is, is that, that this gap in pay is not about discrimination, but is about choices that the two genders naturally make. Interesting. So there's too many f- factors that go into making these statistics no one's talking about. For instance, say a woman at a company makes on average 30000 30, and men average 40000 What isn't being taken into account is the type of positions they're in. So then <clears throat> Ms. Case in here... Quotes the official Bureau of Labor Department statistics. Okay, this is Bureau of Labor Department. And yeah. their, their quote from this their report is, In the fourth quarter of 2019, women had medium weekly earnings of 848, or 82.5% of the 1,022 median for men. Over the years, median weekly earnings for men increased 2.9% compared with 6.2% for women. So it's going up way faster for women. But hear me out. So, even, so not only are the numbers improving, but even if the number was 77%, okay, meaning that's all they're getting yeah. on the dollar. The common saying would still be misleading. It gives the impression that a man and woman are standing next to each other on a line doing the same exact job that the for the same number of hours get paid different salaries. And that's not the case no, here. that's not the case. Full-time officially means 48 or 35 hours. But according to the Bureau of Labor Department, men worked longer than women, 8.4 hours compared with 7.8. Hmm. See, men work more hours than women. Okay, so men are working more hours than women. Yeah. So that's going to affect it, right? Absolutely. We're both making $10 an hour as our base pay, and I'm working 8.4 and you're working 7.8. I'm going to make more money. Yep. Okay, that's, that's regardless. So then let's go on. If a woman works at a cashier, do they anticipate getting the same compensation as their male manager? Say there's a male manager. If the woman only works 30 hours, does she expect to get the same pay as the man who works 40? When studying the wage gap, we should look at people's positions, professions, and knowledge. Pay is based on knowledge, background, duties, and negotiation. We have to take into account what jobs do women typically go for and what jobs do men go for. Yeah. So her point here, as I wrap this up, is it's, it's, that, it's misleading. 
Yes. Because men work on average more hours than women. And men take different types, are drawn to different types of positions than women, meaning higher pay because of the knowledge and the training that those specific positions require. Yeah. Which we would all agree on. Uh, 100%. If you're a manager, you're going to make more than, yes. et cetera. So according to the National Center for Education Statistics, lower paying fields. Okay, so she says before that, she says, we have to take into account what jobs women typically go for and what men do, which jobs men do. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, lower paying fields like public education teachers are st- statistically dominated by women, while higher paying fields like orthopedic surgeon are dominated by men, hmm. as stated in the Association of American Medical Colleges. Surgeons get paid more than teachers, and that's a fact. Yep. So the wage discrepancy here stems from career choices, not pay discrimination. Yeah, that makes sense. So as stated in the National Review, when, quote, when the choice for major hours worked and career choices are taken into account, the wage gap shrinks to 6.6%. So it goes down, okay? Yeah. The point is that it's not being forced upon them to make these choices. Not at all. No. In fact, Georgetown University compiled a study of the five best-paying college majors and the percentage of men and women majoring in those fields. So, for instance, the petroleum engineering major is typically 87% male. It's one of the highest-paying jobs. Pharmaceutical science is 48% male. Uh, Mathematics and computer science is 67% male, and aerospace engineering is 88% male. Chemical engineering is 72% male. Notice women outnumber men in only one of those categories, and that's pharmaceutical science. Yeah. So, out of the highest paying, the five highest paying jobs, men, there are way more men than women in those those particular fields. fields. Right. Could women choose those fields? Yeah. But they're not drawn to them for whatever reason. So at the same time, the five worst paying majors in the study are predominantly female. Counseling psychology, 74% female. Early childhood education, 97% female. The theology and religious vocations major, 66% male. Interesting. Human services and community organization, 81% female. And social work is 88% female. Notice women took the lead in this category in all but one, and that's theology. And- mm-hmm. so, Which is interesting. Yeah, no. Um, so then, okay, here's another stat. So she says, even in the same profession, men and women make different career choices that impact how much money they make. Take nursing, for example. Mm-hmm. Jill may be listening. Yeah. According to Health Care It News, male nurses earn 18% more than female nurses. Well, that sounds terrible, right? Mm-hmm. However, this might be because male nurses gravitate to the best-paying nursing specialty and work longer hours. Because males tend to work longer hours. Remember, they already yep. did those statistics. Um, if you find yourself thinking, why is there a wage gap at all? It's impossible to know for sure. There are so many different people working for many companies who lead so many different lives. With many variables, it will be impossible to know for sure. However, the gender wage gap isn't sexist. It's common sense. Meaning, if men are going to work more hours and take higher paying jobs, they're going to make more money. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to uh, uh, the article, quote, the gender gap is a complete myth. This is from CBS News from April 17, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I, I was wrong. So the Suffolk Journal one was February 26th of 2020, okay. not 2011, sorry. Yep. So that journal I just read was February 26th, 2020. CBS News, The Gender Gap is Complete Myth by Steve Toback from April 2011. Okay. Um, says, and he quotes best-selling author Marty Nemco, the data is clear for the, for the same work. Men and women are paid roughly the same. The media needs to look beyond the claims of feminist organizations. On this radio show, Nemco, the author, clearly and forcefully debunked the ultimate myth that women make less than men by explaining why, when you compare apples to apples, it simply isn't true. Even the White House report, Women in America, Indicators of Social and Economic Well-Being, explains why. Simply put, men choose higher-paying jobs. He's saying the same thing. 
Wow, so this so, has been ongoing. Yeah, so he gives eight reasons why I'm not going to... Uh, this may bore you guys, but I think it's interesting. Yes. You need to hear this. He gives eight reasons why the gender pay gap is complete myth. Number one, men are more, far more likely to choose careers that are more dangerous. So they yeah. naturally pay more. So the top 10 most dangerous jobs, fishers, loggers, aircraft pilots, farmers, ranchers, roofers, iron and steel workers, refuse and recyclable material collectors. Wow, trash man is the most dangerous job. One of the most dangerous. Oh. Industrial machinery, installation, repair, truck drivers, construction laborers, they're all male-dominated jobs. Yes. They're going to make more. It's a dangerous job. Mm -hmm. Two, men are more likely to work in higher paying fields and occupations. We already talked about that. According to White House report, and for instance, the one I gave was even newer, so I'm not even going to go with that, but it's the same point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> men are more likely to work in uncomfortable, oh, where we at? Uh, isolated and undesirable locations that pay more. And men work longer hours than women do. The average full-time man, um, we talked about this, works 15% longer than the average full-time working woman. So that's, that's still yeah. not changed. Men are more likely to take jobs that require work on weekends and evenings and therefore pay more. Even with the same career category, men are more likely to pursue high-stress and higher-paid areas of specialization. For example, within the medical profession, men gravitate to relatively high-stress and high-paying areas of specialization, like surgery, while women are more likely to pursue relatively lower-paid areas of specialization, like pediatrician or dentist. And then we have this. Despite all of the above, this is crazy. Despite all of that, yeah, unmarried women who've never had a child actually earn more than unmarried men who've never had a child. Interesting. So if anything, on a completely, let's say they do choose the same one, yeah. women make more than men. Probably because companies are so afraid of being accused of this. Mm -hmm. And then it talks about women business owners make less than half of what male business owners make. Well, that seems unfair on top, right? Mm -hmm. However... The form of business. Since they have no boss, means it can't be discrimination. The reason for this disparity, according to a Rochester Institute of Technology study, is that money is the primary motivator for 76% of men versus only 29% of women, even business owners. So women place a higher pr a premium on shorter work weeks, proximity to home, fulfillment, autonomy, and safety, according to NEMCO. So it's hard to argue with Nemco's position, according to Toback, which simply put is this when women when women make the same career choices as men, they earn the same amount as men. And as far as he's concerned, this myth has been officially and completely busted. It's good, man. I love that. Uh, and then he goes on to say he was actually sent, a reader sent him a link to another article that says this from the, and this is from an analysis of reasons for the disparity in wages between men and women that was prepared by the U.S. Department of Labor. This study leads to the unambiguous conclusion that differences in composition of men and women are the result of magnitude of factors, blah, blah, blah. Um, and... And that the raw wage gap should not be used as the basis to justify corrective action. Indeed, there may be nothing to correct. The differences in raw wages may be almost entirely, entirely a result of individual choices made by both male and female workers. What it's saying is just because men are making more than women, you mm -hmm. can't say and change society based on that when the reasons they're making them aren't because of discrimination. Makes sense? Yes. And then finally, one more for you. I'll try to speed through I'm this. Excited. This one is from, there is, the article is, There is No Male-Female Wage Gap by Carrie Lucas, another woman, from April 2011, from the Wall Street Journal. And it starts with this. A study of single childless urban workers between the ages of 22 and 30 found that women earned 8% more than men. Same thing. People, if anything, it's the other way around. The same situation. So men are more, um, yeah. Uh, men are hit harder by recession than women are. So it kind of goes the other way around. A lot of those higher-paying fields, such as manufacturing, trucking, are more affected by bad economic conditions than women who are in teaching, healthcare, and all that, right? Because yeah. you have to, you're gonna have teachers. Yeah. Um. So I'm seeing if there's anything different here. 
Um, goes it, he bring she brings up the same thing about work hours. She brings up the choice of occupation. Uh, men taking on riskier jobs. And yeah, if anything, she ends up essentially saying that when relevant factors are taken into account, comparisons are made between men and women in similar circumstances, such as a 2010 study, single childless urban workers, regardless of age between, I mean, regardless of gender, between the age of 22 and 30, women make more than men. So wow. overall, you've kind of been brainwashed to believe that's true and it's not true. Man. So those are great resources yeah so yeah absolutely women should be paid for the same role and it goes for anyone right the people that work more hours should be paid more than the people that don't yes and the people who work in more dangerous or more highly specialized field specialized fields are going to make more money regardless yeah man now i'm going to tell you this i can tell you right now that there's more women than men in college so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few years if the gap's going to flip even higher yeah women making more money see that just yeah. because yeah that's that's a good which is so, sorry was that rambly i'm just no, trying to answer the question i do want it, the, the college thing is interesting though yeah i wonder why i wonder why it's more modern. women are going to college and men i wonder if that's just because they're pushing for more like trades right well it's also because think about it like i ain't gonna what's a what's a culture geared towards hatred of men if men fail and i actually read that i didn't bring it up in one of the articles it says men aren't even trying because it's like it's not a level playing field, even in college. Makes sense, actually. Now, should they still? Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I think they should be paid equal. Hope that helped at all. Um, but, yeah, definitely don't just accept what people are telling you. you got to look at that stuff. That's good stuff. And like I said, you're going to be able to find articles that are going to tell you it's it's true, but they're not taking all those factors we just set into account. Not at all. So Nope. You ready for your question, AJ? Let's hear it. The Lakers are not in the playoffs this year. With all the players that went out to get – to do that again. The Lakers are not in the playoffs this year. With all the players they went out to get for LeBron, in your opinion, does this hurt his chances of being considered as the GOAT? Um, greatest of all time. I would say that it doesn't. Um, at this point, you know, I still think he, he has to win, you know, a, another championship, maybe even two, to be even still be considered, like, number one. Um but the reason why I don't think it does is like we can take like Michael Jordan's career, who is who is the goat, and he he had like times where he did not make the playoffs. I believe it was early on in his career. So I would say that's I don't think that's going to affect that. No, mm-hmm. I utterly disagree. You know this. I believe that it certainly proves his case. Um, he had a ton of talent, and he didn't win. And the fact is. Did that happen to Michael Jordan? Did Michael Jordan win? Regardless. He did. Anytime he got there, he won. Did Michael Jordan have a season like this in which he had the talent that LeBron had? I don't think so. No. AJ and I have had for years a battle about... No, I still believe Michael Jordan's the best. You didn't at one point. We used to literally argue about this. I used to play devil's advocate a lot. Because <laughs> anyway. I think LeBron is the closest to Michael. Depends on what you call. I've never doubted the fact that LeBron James may be the most talented basketball player that's ever played. That's fair. When you look at just natural athleticism. Yes, and like that's what I call it. statistics. Like, I disagree with that. But again, I mean, I think just physically is oh, what yeah, I mean. He's a- 
I'm telling you right now, you want me to tell you the truth, you take, give me Michael, give me LeBron in their prime, okay, mm-hmm. leading their teams, Michael beats him. I think you're right. What I, I think. think Michael still wins. Um, now, that's just my opinion. I don't have an issue. I respect LeBron James. It's cool that I've gotten to watch in my life, even if it was at the tail end. You know, two of the greatest basketball players of all time. Kind of crazy. At least one, too, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know people throw Kobe up there, who was great, too. And we, we don't talk about our generation because we didn't get to watch them. Like, Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and those guys. Like, mm-hmm. We didn't get to watch them. Exactly. Or in those your guys opinion, are in Kareem <laughs> who he That's confused hilarious. with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But argued with me so, so, so funny. So funny. You guys are getting about it. <laughs> Bar? Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know, man. Me, personally, I don't think it does. Um, so you don't, like, genuinely, you don't think the fact that, I mean, I don't know, man. Because I guess, like, what are you basing that on? Like, do you believe that the greatest players elevate the people around them? Definitely. Absolutely. Did he? This year, he, he carried a lot. Is that elevating? No, not and but and now statistically speaking, we're not talking about. Yeah, he had a great year. He scored a lot. Definitely, did yeah. they win? He almost led the league in scoring. Did I think they he finished win? second. They did not win. No, and he was out a lot. And so were his supporting pieces. I did see that. Okay, that so your argument is, you believe he missed enough games that had he played them, they would have won and been in the playoffs. That's hard to say. I don't know. Hey, listen, I like the fact that we're having this discussion. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. I know that his, which I believe Anthony Davis is considered his number two piece. Yeah, he was Anthony, out a lot. He, he was out a lot. That I agree with. Yeah. And I do think that affects you. Mm-hmm. I think, they, I think they, they made a mistake in signing some of the guys they did because I think they almost wanted to make a point of, like, the old guys can still go. I think they can. I think here's my opinion of it, okay? Because, by the way, if you looked at Russell Westbrook's stats, I have he averaged 18 points a game. Which is significant. It's still good. Right? Yes. And you're with LeBron who's shooting however much. Oh, yeah. you got to step aside. My point is, I guess for me, and maybe that's unfair, because he said the greatest of all time. That's not the most talented, right? Mm-hmm. I think the greatest of all time. Like, how does he not make that work? I saw their coach got fired. Do you see that? Yes, I did see he got fired. Um, I don't oh, yeah. know, man. A lot of disarray. How many coaches <laughs> has that been? Quite a few. Um, I'll tell you this. It's got to be tough to coach LeBron. I would imagine. Because he's so much bigger than the game. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, in, yeah. In the sense of, like, so his power, I mean, he just get gets what he wants, man. That's true. In a lot of ways. It'd be yes. hard to coach that guy. Definitely. Because between ownership most of the time, because he's a money draw, right? If you have to go with a coach or him, who are you going to side with? Him. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, especially at that level, like, I think we've talked about this in the past, even in other sports. When it comes to professional sports, coaching's got to be, it's got to be a weird, like, thing. Because these guys are the best of the best. Yep. You know, they know the game. They yep. study the game. Like, you think they know what to do. So it's like, it's hard. It, to me, it's almost like you're more of a mental guy than the game itself. Mm, that's, that's what good. it seems like. It yeah. seems like you're more there for their mental than you are for, like, teaching them the game. Because at this point... They, they know the game. Yes. Probably you know. better than you in some ways. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, like, that's it's in, it's interesting how coaching works at the next level, you know, in the professional level. So I don't know, man. Powerful, man. Yeah. I know that Jordan got swept one year when he went to the playoffs early on. So, like, that's why for me, like, when it comes to the GOAT legacy, like him missing the playoffs, it's like, I don't know, man. You know, I think it took Jordan 
six or seven. I can't remember. I think it was six or seven years to get to the playoffs, if I remember correctly. So it's like, I don't know. Now, since he, since LeBron is established, and, it, and this comes at, at this point in his career, maybe. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, man, I just think, like, I guess for me, okay, and I, I would call myself a casual basketball fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not in-depth. I just, I mean, dude, how how is this even a discussion? Line, like you are, I feel like people in your camp, although you say you're in, you're not, okay, in the camp of him and the greatest. Yeah. What are you basing that on? The fact that this dude scores a lot and is statistically and like, dude, Michael Jordan, apples to apples, right? Maybe not the exact, but he he his statistics are just as impressive. And oh, he definitely. Won. He won. Yeah, he did. You yeah. know, you want and, to argue, I, and the best, I, dude. The argument I hear, I just heard it the other day. Well, the talent's so much better now than it was back then. I mean, that is, in my opinion, so dumb. It's a different game. It is a different game. I so, agree. how good would Reggie Miller be when you couldn't be touched at uh, shooting threes? Would he have been um, uh, Steph? I don't know. At that the, dude can shoot. A good point. Yeah, it, it is different areas of basketball, so it is hard to compare. Like, and you, then, you know, I, I think Jordan. That that game was crazy back then. Mm-hmm. As far as like what they allowed people to do to each other, and, and the game has changed a lot. You know, yes. For, for Michael, a lot of his career, like literally, you had to play defense literally differently. It was against the rules to do some stuff you can do now. So, like, I think now, I think when he was still playing is when they started introducing new stuff. Yeah, so but by he kind of he got he got a taste of both. So, like, if I remember correctly, and you know, for anybody who's listening who's a huge like basketball fan, and I'm I could be They'll wrong. Fix this, yeah. yeah. But if I remember correctly, Michael, for a, a decent portion of his career, you were not allowed to play zone defense. I think that was against the rules. What? Yeah, there was a point in the NBA where you were not allowed to play zone defense. It was it was a relatively newer rule in like the nineties. Um, so or, or it was either that or you couldn't double team. It was some <laughs> it was a weird rule um, that they eventually like were like that's a, I think they realized like that's a weird thing. So like they got rid of that zone. Is it, was I right? You know, it's weird. Most teams still do not use the zone as their primary defense. Mm-hmm. 2001, 2002. Is when that is when the zone was allowed. So, yeah, you could not play zone defense. So, a lot of the time, so I think some people will it's make the argument. pretty clear the reason for the reintroduction of the zone was Shaquille O'Neal. He single-handedly was the reason. Because you had to play him in man. And you already know <laughs> you're not stopping that guy one-on-one. He's going to eat so, so, I think some people will make the argument and again, this is me still kind of in the middle. I think some people would make the argument, well, Michael didn't have to deal with double teams. He didn't oh, have to deal with zone. Bro, you can't I'm going, to embarrass you. Mm-hmm. Only in 2005 was hand-checking forbidden. Michael was done by then. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know he was. what that means? Uh, I would imagine it means where you could actually put your hands on a defender. Um, flagrant, a flagrant, that one's interesting. They only did flagrant fouls in 91. Mm-hmm. So... I think some people, like, I've heard people kind of try to make the argument before of, like, you know, LeBron, LeBron's had to deal with more because, you know, he had to deal with, like, a zone defense or had to deal with the idea of a double team, and Michael didn't have to for a long time. Yeah. I don't know about that because, like, um, like Michael got saying, mauled. Yes, Constantly. Michael got mauled. Yeah. yeah. The, the game was a lot more physical in his era. Yeah. And so I think that kind of made up for the idea of not having to get, you know, quote-unquote double teamed. So... You know, one-on-one was it hard to stop Michael Jordan? Absolutely, and that showed in his stats, you know. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't mean that he had it easier. So, 
You don't know how you get another Jeez. Michael Jordan? I'll tell you right now. You get a LeBron, and you put him with Kobe's mindset, and then you get another Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan had an understanding of the game wow. that LeBron doesn't have. And, I, and that's just purely because you would... And I didn't believe this for a long time, and then you would watch interviews where they would talk to him after the game, or they'd talk about play-by-plays, or they were mm-hmm. trying to explain stuff. And you would see this dynamic because the coach would just go... What's happening, Michael? And then he would tell you absolutely everything that happened on the court. He had vision of the whole court constantly. Michael was the number one piece that was practically triple teamed, even if they weren't allowed to do it. The way they did it was because basketball is just as shady as football. If you can cheat in some way that doesn't get caught, cheat. So that's they, they ripped him apart. He was in a, a harder time. LeBron is in a softer time, and he had more weapons around him at times than he than. I argue that Michael didn't have. And Michael was also able to use whatever pieces he were he was giving to win games. When it was 100% possible, and you also couldn't say, when you were playing Michael Jordan, that was a competitive game. That was never not a competitive game. 100%, mm-hmm. it was always competitive. It was always... Um, there was always... You were worried because there was a chance that Michael comes back. And he did have some physical prowess and just that mindset... That mindset is so different. I, LeBron doesn't have that mindset. What's What's interesting to me is now I do agree. I think they they play differently, and and Scottie Pippen even said that. Scottie Pippen came out and said that he thinks LeBron's a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. But uh, Scottie Pippen also, it's been said, has is mad at Michael Jordan, <laughs> which makes sense because Scottie Scottie is very he's very uh, what's the word petty. petty. Thank you. That's the, exactly what I was looking for. Because Scottie Pippen came out and said that he thought that LeBron was a better basketball player, basketball player in the sense of the game. Just he and he's the he's the guy who brings up like statistically. You look at all the categories that he's he's better than Michael as far as like points, assists, rebounds, you know, or whatever. Now I will say, what's interesting is you can take a guy like LeBron and say, sure, maybe that's the case, but then but then you can also equate it to, yeah, but he didn't win when he got there. Mm-hmm. Michael was willing to do whatever he had to do himself to win whether that means i score more points and only get one assist who cares i won but you won (laughs) so it's an interesting thing because then people will say yeah michael won and then people will say yeah but lebron was like the better basketball player for quote unquote so it's just an interesting it's a hard you know people always want to redefine it so we'll never know either it's just fun Mm -hmm. to talk about because you're never going to get them to be able to play each other in their prime nope nope so that's I interesting. Loved it. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what's cool? Actually, it's funny that we, you know, somebody asked this question. I actually saw the other day that there was some hidden footage out there that people still can't find of LeBron when he was 16, and he actually got to play with Michael for a minute. I think this is when he was on the Wizards still, but uh, he got invited when he was 16 to go play, kind of do like a scrimmage. And some people said 16-year-old LeBron was like making pros look like idiots out there. I was like, dang, that's crazy. So it's interesting that those two did have a lick of time with each other on the court. I wish we could see it. I, I just saw the last couple of weeks that actually Jordan supposedly, mm-hmm. I don't know if this quote is attributed to his favorite player and who he thinks is closest to him is actually Steph. Really? That's Interesting. I would say it's mindset probably because that dude will shoot. He's a, he's a killer yeah, when he, it comes to like, mm-hmm. you know. He's not going to stop. The style is game's not the same. No. But I think he Michael's probably appreciating the mindset. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he wouldn't say Kobe. Said Kobe's well, Kobe's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. We're talking about who uh, I think this was like recent. He just got you. Recently. Got anyway, you. 
Bores a lot of people. Yeah, so, sports. Um, we will. Uh, yeah, good stuff though. Great question. I it, it didn't bore me. We love talking about uh, stuff. me too. But for those, it. we'll move on um, to talking about uh, Hillsong. Um, yes, because we want to get to that, and there's a lot here. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get ready to dive right into that. So yeah, there's there's a lot uh, a lot to talk about in regards to this Hillsong issue. Yeah, and as we move into part two of the show. Because this has been a jam-packed show. That's kind oh, yeah. of going to be our focus. Now, I will tell you this, and, and I mean this genuinely. We joke around a lot. I really wrestled with this because, and we mentioned it earlier, AJ said the same thing, but I, we want to treat this with dignity and respect and honor. And yeah. one thing I encourage everyone when you hear of, I hate the word scandal, but for lack of a better word, scandal in situations like this, I think that... One of the things that we have to keep in mind is is even if every single leader in that church, let's say, in a specific church is, I don't know, has sinned big time. Yeah. Before I even get to them, the leaders themselves, that doesn't mean that the congregation doesn't love God. Even if a congregation, overall, the church's official stance on some beliefs may be a little, I don't know. As long as it doesn't um, veer into blasphemy or heresy, for lack of a better word, you know, we can't assume that they're not believers. And I think sometimes people do that. So a scandal or something happens at a church, and it's really easy to throw everyone in the same box and take that box and then throw it in the trash because that means everyone was bad. That's good. And this is just something I think in general in, in our modern world, and particularly in the church and with social media and with all those things that we just have a tendency to do. Yeah, man. It's very easy for us to just put them all together and just, yeah, you know, they're all the same. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that. And there's also this. I would be very careful to judge things, to let the world or media tell us how things should be done. So, for instance, there's some things in here that will come up, I think, okay, that the world's going to automatically look at through a, oh, man, what is the word I'm looking for here? Through a suspicious eye or Mm. looking for scandals when it might just be the way that, you know, God has told us to run a church. So, for instance, I've always said this. I don't really have a huge problem when a church doesn't make their finances public to everyone. Why would you make your fine? Finances public to everyone. I don't come up to random people <clears throat> that I meet and go, hi there, can I see your checkbook? Please open your right. bank account and let me see all your transactions. Mm-hmm. Certainly the people within the church should know. Oh, absolutely. Right? But I don't think it's it's wrong that a church doesn't broadcast its finances to the world because, one, the world is hostile to the God, to, to God's people. I mean, right. it just often is. The world is a, uh, not everyone in the world, but the world is kind of like a a structure, right, As a in the biblical term. Yeah. So... You know, make sure that we slow down. And yes, some of this stuff, we slow down and we just try to process this. And here's where we landed. I really wrestled with whether even to talk about this because I don't want to add to the to this kind of tabloid mindset that right. we have even in Christianity. But Hillsong is a pretty influential church. Yes. Okay. Uh, so our churches sing their songs. By the way, it's another thing I've gotten... We could talk about sometimes like people say you shouldn't sing their songs because they're blah blah. blah. I was like that's silly, kind of. You tell me that everyone that wrote those songs isn't a believer, or you know, are are there certain worship songs we probably shouldn't sing in worship in general because 
the words they say in general. I'm not talking about Hillsong mm-hmm. out, that are out there can be like the message they say is actually kind of weird. Sure. Oh yeah. But it goes yeah. the other way too. Want to be leery in some ways, sure. Um, so I guess I'm just giving this kind of prefix or not prefix, not a word, addendum. I don't know. Uh, prelude, you might say, preface nice. before we start because you know this is serious stuff and there's a lot of hurting people. Yeah, man. families, individuals, and you know, you we should be praying and hoping for restoration for everyone. Um, and certainly we should grieve the fact that this affects some people's view of God's people and God's kingdom. And that's the heartbreaking part. So. Yes, very. Anyway, there's really a lot to talk about. Did we talk about, guys, you're going to fill me in, fun turn maybe. Did we, we talked about the head pastor stepping down, right? Did we do in, that? In the past, the we show? talked about Brian okay, Houston. Okay, so Brian Houston stepped down. Might be a good place to start there. The past week or two, Hillsong has been, I mean, they're just coming after him. So we've had, I believe there was a documentary that came out. Uh, yeah. I had some people in the church come go, Todd, have you seen this documentary? It's crazy, you know. I haven't seen it, to be fair. Right, But me you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting, right, that boom, 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 everything's coming out at once to about Hillsong. Yes. So kind of an update on the pastor side of it, on Brian Houston, only because it's public. And that's, oh, I didn't mention that. So why did we end up talking about it? Because they're influential and a lot of this stuff's gone public. So we want to try to help steer people's, I don't know, give different views on on this stuff. Sure. So starting with him, uh, the biggest thing with him, because he went public, and, and I, 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 so at, weirdly enough, Daily Mail put this out. The, the Daily, Daily Mail. Mail. Okay. And the <clears throat> headline of the article is, Hillsong bosses hit back at founder Brian Houston's online rant at them for making his wife redundant by text as, they'll t- as they tell followers to pray for the couple. Mm-hmm. So what this boils down to, AJ... Unless, actually, why don't you just tell us the gist of what's happened in this? You know? I mean, essentially, yeah. they, yeah. you know, they knew that Involves they were going his to wife. Yes. So Brian Houston had already resigned. That's but right. But his wife was still employed she by... She was still on staff. At Hillsong. Yes. And they had essentially... Now, being redundant, essentially, is, is being fired. Yeah, right? it's a, I think that's a weird word for them to choose. But long story yes. short, yes, she was fired. Yeah, so they essentially fired her by text, and, you know, they... This just caused a huge, just frenzy, you know. Um, I know that Brian Houston was very upset with how they did it. She said, it, you know, she she is quoted by saying it just felt very cold and callous after they'd been around for so long. Like, yeah. So I'm trying to did did he actually give the text? Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> so the text was this. Uh, it it. I wanted to let you know I'll be sending an email shortly regarding your appointment. Please let me know if you'd like to talk about it or if you have any other questions. And then Miss Houston responded, like, publicly by saying, I don't even have words. Or maybe she sent – no, she sent back in text. I don't even have the words to express how cold and callous this has become. Now, then Brian Houston goes out on his Instagram with six – that's weird. I don't want to talk about it, but that is weird. Yeah. uh, Many, many likes. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? Weird. I'll get the, the account like anyway. After th- he he said after thirty nine years of exemplary service, this is a, a quote. After thirty nine years of exemplary service and extraordinary faithfulness and fruitfulness, this is the communication Bobby received from the Hillsong Church Board as she is made redundant effective immediately through no choice of her own. This just three weeks after she hosted her twenty six year of color conferences, a total of one hundred eighteen conferences around the world. She has relentlessly served God and served people as she stood side by side with me for four decades leading Hillsong Church. 
faithful in the good times and the tough times alike, and we're supposed to act like this is all okay. It's not, exclamation point. Our beautiful church is losing its soul. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, on the surface, first of all, I didn't really find the text personally. I don't know about you. That mean. No, like, man. Even if, right? He, that, I'll read it again. This was the text they received. I wanted to let you know I will be sending an email shortly regarding employment. The text wrote, uh, read, please let me know if you'd like to talk about it, if you have any other questions. Yeah, they gave her an opportunity. To, to reach out. To, to talk through this. Yes. And the, 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 the thing that's interesting is it, all, it says here, this article says it was said from the church, it was said to relate to follow up on previous discussions the church had had with both the Houstons in March about the role of the church. So they'd already talked so this about has this already been told a thing. Them, yeah, right. That exactly. this might be. So, so yeah, the whole cold and callous thing, I don't know, man. It just seems like it's reactionary. It's it's a reactionary thing, you know, like, especially if they've been trying to have conversations like this for, you know, for a little while. Like, I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like it's just out of nowhere. So it's just interesting. And, you know, I know that we have we have a lot more to go over here, but, like, at least from like just from this particular situation, like you know, I don't understand. Like, you know, it's funny. Like we we have a lot of conversations about like oh how people can take like one instance and you know they can kind of like judge you know the entire thing. Like like you just talked about that, right? Like where you can put put from actions of one person, you can take everybody, throw them in that box. I feel like mm-hmm. this is what he did in a way. Oh, towards the towards his own church. Yes, like like. He took the and he's essentially yeah he's saying our our beautiful church is losing its soul because they decided you know and which sounds like they've had a process here of trying to figure out what what they're going to do and they came down to this decision especially you know for his wife and I don't know man it, it to me it's the same thing like they he's taken all of them and put them in this box and going like well you've y'all nope you y'all don't understand y'all you don't get it you know it's just like yeah. Wow. Well, and I'll tell you this. I agree with you completely. That's a really a point that I didn't yeah. think of, is the idea of, like, he's sort of doing it to his own church. Yeah. It's hard not to view this for me and see him, his response, Brian Hughes' response on his, seems very, like, I'm just going to be real petty and very, like, attacking. Agreed. Okay? That last sentence that was added is losing its soul. Doesn't that seem very, like, hey, on the way out, I'm going to say it's not good anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, because I'm not a part of it. Because I'm, that's the way it can look. Now I'm not sitting here. I don't know the ins and outs, okay? But I know this strange timing. You, he's not. Of course, he's not going to fire back when he gets let go or resigns, because that looks um, petty. But sure. if he's doing so in defense of his wife, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And. I don't know, man. It's like somehow. I get it. I get during sometimes during the. I'm sorry. What? It just somehow that gives you the go ahead. Yeah, because yeah. It's not you, right? So I. Th- this is my personal opinion. I think that was foolish, you know, in the true sense of the word. Like, just a not wise decision. Yeah. And I think. Excuse me. I believe Brian Houston needs. I don't know him, but because of what has happened, and we're going to discuss even more, right? And Hill's song is. This sort of whether we wanted it to be or not, uh, it, to the world, a lot of people have heard of Hillsong, even if oh, they yeah. aren't Christians, and that's a flagship for Christianity, right? Uh, culture, culture affectors, influencers. Yeah, and, man. You know what are you showing the world when you do this? 
you know, what are you showing the world? And I get the temptation and I'm not even saying they have handled it all perfectly well. I don't know. Um, from the surface, it sounds like he was given a lot of grace. Was it reactionary? You know, remember the, the key here is it said it, he wasn't let go because of these things he did. Remember that? Because they were in the past. It's because he didn't follow through yes, with it, the things that he was told to follow through yes, with. Yes, it was the present lack of action, really. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not saying Brian Houston's not a believer or anything like that. So we need to get that out of our mindset because, listen, we're all believers make mistakes. And I don't understand 100%. why people have a hard time accepting that. What makes someone a believer? I mean, you, you accept Christ. Yeah, and you're a disciple, and yeah. disciples stumble and make mistakes. And my hope, until it's proven otherwise, I have to treat this man as a brother in Christ. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to go, listen, man, somebody needs to tell this guy, you know, you need to come to reality and see <clears throat> that your words still matter. Even if you're, quote, disgraced, your words still matter. And you're affecting that church, and you're affecting... Christendom, to a degree, you know? It's good, man. <clears throat> so, it, it just, just my it, thoughts on it. I but, agree entirely, man. It reminds me of Peter and uh, Paul. Mm. You know, when Paul has to come to Peter and be like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very similar. Like, someone needs to, you know, someone needs to come alongside him in that way. It'd be interesting to see what he, what he ends up doing. You know, he's, I don't know how old that guy. Hey, fun turn. Can you see how old he is? I'm sure he's toward, he should be towards the end of his ministry, you think. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess 67. I did see in articles he said he's not done yet. He's not planning on retiring anytime soon. What does that even mean? Huh. So I don't know what he has plans for. Sure. Yeah. So I, you know, I will say this. Let's pray for the Houstons. If you're out there and you believe, you know, we just pray for them. Let's pray that God heals, and, but also that God directs their st these next steps to be wise and not divisive. He is 68 years old. I was so yeah. So that's the first thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. that, that, and that's just kind first of catch of, people up. Yeah, first of many to go here. Now, <clears throat> it's hard to know where to start here. I know. Um, there's a lot that we have. A lot of allegations. We'll start with, in response to that, Hillsong Worship, which we all know. And I actually thought this was pretty beautiful, the way yeah, they this phrase is, this. And yeah, this, this, this would be hard to do. So the, this is from uh, CBN.com, and the article is, Hurting but hope-filled. Hillsong Worship announces departure from Casting Crown slash We the Kingdom tour. And uh, so Hillsong Worship has announced its withdrawing from the upcoming Casting Crowns tour with We the Kingdom. The church's music ministry made the announcement in a Facebook post this week, and this is their quote. Um, <clears throat> with generous and gracious support of our friends and partners, Casting Crowns and Premier Productions, Hillsong Worship has asked to be withdrawn from the upcoming tour with We the Kingdom. Whilst we are deeply disappointed to have to make this difficult decision, we do feel that this is the right time. Right one. At this time in our history, and decision that for us requires the most faith. They went on to, dis this is interesting, by the way. They wanted to explain that they're not a band, but volunteers from church campuses. So uniquely, quote, uniquely, Hillsong Worship is not and has never been a band. We are an extension of an expression of Hillsong Church, a collective of our local church worship team. So they pull from all the different campuses. That's pretty wild. All of us either are on staff at Hillsong Church or volunteers at our local campuses, the post explained. And then this one I think is interesting. Right now, our church is walking through some difficult days and navigating significant change. Our community is hurting but hope-filled. With the full support and endorsement of our senior church leadership, we believe the decision not to go on tour this month is the one that puts the health and well-being of the people of our team first. Hmm. Now is the time for us to humbly seek the Lord to grieve and hope and to heal in community together. 
So I thought... It's very um, beautiful, man. And they also said, we'd love to encourage you to hold on your ticket and head along to these nights, which are going to be so full of life, joy, and encouragement in God's presence. We know you will be ministered to deeply by the Lord through our friends Casting Crowns and We the Kingdom, who are absolutely incredible. So, I know, it's just very cool, man. Yeah. Um, also, as of February, I just had this actual fact in here, which is interesting. In February of 2022, Hillsong reported 150,000 members in 30 countries. Although nine U.S.-based Hillsong churches have left the global organization as it shrinks. Um, so Hillsong worship, you know, stepped out due to... What are your thoughts on that? They stepped out. First of all, interesting that that, that band is made from different members, which makes sense. I would have had... Gonna no, kinda, I, you, you get to kind of take the best of all of I them. I would have had no idea. Yeah. Which That's ma- really cool. Makes sense. Yes. And what an honor it must be. Like I can't imagine how cool it probably is for some of those people get to go play and like try to go on these tours with all these other bands too man what a cool thing yeah but as far as this specific situation like i respect it oh, like, me i too. mean i you know if, if anyone who out, who's out there that like bought a ticket for this like if you find yourself upset like man like you need to see what's going on here like you know i think it makes total sense that they are stepping away from this because like you know given the situation like they really do need to be there for their people, you know. Well, for themselves too, man. That's they're true. they're hurting, they're and I think here. that's the point they were yeah. saying too. Is like we're we, our team members are members of this church, yes. and, and like don't you? I, my stomach hurts for them, so I can't imagine how they feel. Right, right. There's a lot of anxiety in all this. Oh yeah, what's I mean, going to happen? You know yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly, you're you're yeah. out here about to go represent this church on a huge tour, and all this is beginning to happen. Like, dude, you know, I that would be hard, and like it'd be confusing, and like. You know, to me, it makes total sense to pull out of this tour. 100% makes sense. Not only on the spiritual side, but even on, like, the business end of things. Like, I, I hate to say it, but the mob loves to pick it. And mm. they love to attack. Uh, when there's a common enemy of things that people already hate, or you're already looking for something to hate, Yeah. Uh, people love to do that. And mm. I think from not only them not being probably in the best spiritual place because of all this, they have a lot of questions, anxieties, maybe even doubts right now. They, like they said, they need to be together. I think it was very wise of them to pull out because I don't think the tour, I think there would have been problems on the tour. I think there would have been uh, shows that would have been hard to, not only for the city to control, but also like people would have tacked and like there would have been, I don't think it would have been good. And I think this was probably the wisest decision on their part to pull out. And I, that sucks. And I think the people who bought a ticket with the secret motive of being angry and wanting to go to a show and boo need to really check their hearts because that sucks. Like at the end of the day, like I would, I would assume people aren't going to go and like boo people. I think that's would be ridiculous. Like I, I like imagine going to the show just to boo, paying like, money. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. But I do think your point is like, you know, and listen, man, who's to, who's to say people aren't going to be understanding? We are. You know, so there's probably a lot of people. I just more think it's pretty neat to see someone in that, you know, you put yourself in their position. About to go on tour, about to make some money. Let's just be real. For your church, for you. And I'm sure tour's fun. I mean, sure it's tiring, but it's fun. Doing what you love and putting the health of your team, spiritual health, and and to to be there for your church, too. Because like you said, they're all from different branches. You know, Mm -hmm. It's kind of that whole, like, we need all hands on deck in moments like this. Absolutely. As far as at the house. You don't get everybody at the homestead. Or at the homestead. <laughs> so I, I agree with you. I just, I hope no one would be there booing. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be, yeah, that'd be angering. Very. So that's that. 
And that's just. You want to go ahead and open us up to just telling them this next article from like where it's found and Kyle and kind of let you do it. So, in the why, past, this real quick, this is a big, big story, and this mm-hmm. is one of the ones that we want to handle with dignity, right? And it's yeah. regarding Carl Lentz, who yes, we right. discussed last year. He's been mm-hmm. gone for a while. Uh, who was the who was sort of known for being the the pastor buddy of Bieber for a while? That's right, and all that stuff. Yep. So this is from uh, the ChristianPost.com. Uh, we learned that this is actually like a ChristianPost.com exclusive. Like this is where, like the only place we could find this information. It's wild. Um, and it's uh, it's titled Carl Lentz allegedly caused mental illness in multiple staff volunteers and opens up about affairs. So. Um, and this is about to be a, just a really big rundown of, you know, I know there's been a lot of details have kind of been in the dark for a long time. Like Todd said, we've covered this like a year ago, and this stuff is just now starting to become known. Um, so essentially, we're just going to be running through, you know, some of the <laughs> some of the stuff that happened, you know, while he was pastoring there. And it's it's pretty crazy. So it's wild. And uh, this is one of the ones we wrestled with because I still think this is wrong. Because this guy's personal life, and I'm not sure yeah. I agree with Christian Post doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the purpose would be. Uh, you know, it comes back to sometimes we just have a desire to see people burn, and this is what it feels like. Um, there's a lot of admissions in here. Um, so it turns out, and you have to almost read the small print. They'll throw this sentence in and keep moving. But, like, for instance, he admitted a lot of this to church investigators. He He himself admitted these things. Yes. Um, and the, even the report, so these ex, essentially a law firm came in, hired by Hillsong to investigate everything that really happened, right? To see That's what right. they need to clean up about culture. This is what they did last year. And part of that was interviewing Carl Lentz, who agreed to, to and he was very forthcoming and honest. Yes. And he was in an inpatient rehab. Well, I don't know if it was sex addiction or something. Um, I'm not, that would be my guess, or maybe love. I don't know that. That Don't, don't quote me on that, but... Mm-hmm. In that, he's being radically honest. Now, the temptation is going to be to go, this dude is a monster, right? Right. But but we got to remember, we don't. It, he didn't have to admit this stuff. It's true. Yeah. And so to me, you know, I'm, I guess I'm holding out hope that maybe there is, this is part of his repentance is some of this. Um, that's my hope. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a part in here where he says that, you know, he admitted to investigators, quote, I'm a very good liar, you know, something to that effect. Mm. And that sounds horrible on the service until you realize maybe he was saying, hey, you know, I have to admit I got through that because I was I was a good liar. I'm a good liar. And so I guess I just want to say that because I really I'm not saying what we're about to read is okay, And I'm not saying he's not what what this is going to paint him. He very well could be. But I know that it's heartbreaking regardless. And and that somehow and for some reason I empathize with him and, and I don't know, empathize not with his actions. But I guess I, I, man, what a fall, you know? Yes. And, and my hope is there's people around him that's that's trying to love him through Help it. Help build him back up, yeah. man. Yeah, not just tearing him And the apart. people that were affected by this, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Sometimes I feel like if you feel for someone who made mistakes that you're saying you didn't feel for, quote, victims, which, P.S., this is not, this is real talk and it's probably going to be popular what I'm about to say. We don't have anything in here where anything, Let's be very careful using the term victim. You mm-hmm. know, it takes two to tango, and um, I think sometimes we forget that. And this, in this popular Me Too movement world, it's very easy to to demonize men. Now, yeah. can you? Can, I understand power and fame and, and influence and how that can like, I don't know, 
affect people. You know, sure. you can kind of get what you want in those moments, and that's wrong to use that. But also, you know, I just, I, I guess I just want to say, let's be careful to use the term victims, because I guess victims in a sense of, no, I don't even like the term, people who were hurt yeah, you know, through his actions. So, anyway, go that's ahead. Good. I just want to... I, I think it is important to still say the sentence... Uh, this law firm did come out and say this is a sentence that Todd was talking about. They quickly yeah. put it out. I was about to say that too. Um, Good call. So this is by Zuckman, Gore, Brandis, and Crossman LLP. It's a law Zuckman. firm. What they put at the beginning of this is due to limited amount of documentary evidence and the extension of assertion. Extensive, yeah. Extensive assertion of failure of memory by certain witnesses, and the necessity to rely upon oral t- testimony and demeanor. The conclusions in this report, although they may be phrased in a factual style for readability, should be understood as the contentions of a witness or statements of opinion by the investigating attorneys. So, in other words, in court, this is not going to be treated as actual fact. It is, it is, these are things that they said, but, eh. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, remember, this report was not you was they were hired to come in. It's like bringing someone and say, hey, we want you to do a third party investigation of how we run things. It's this is there's not a there's not a crime here. Right. As far as like this is going to be using crime. So but yes, I think that's a good point that you brought up that they put that out. Essentially, what they're saying is, hey, because we're having to certain witnesses didn't remember things. and We're having to rely on oral testimony and we're reading people's demeanor. Yep. You know, you have to you have to see that you have to read that with that in mind through a grain of take it with a grain of salt. Absolutely. So yeah. go ahead, man. That, Sorry, we didn't mean to. That, that was going to be my next point. Was that exact plot? So I would just go here too, like the report title and then when it was submitted before we. Oh on. yeah. So yep, this was uh, the internal investigation report regarding Carl Lentz and other matters. Uh, let's see. It's the result of an internal investigation conducted on behalf of Hillsong Church by the New York City law firm Zuckerman Gore Brandis and Crossman LP after Lentz's firing in November of 2020 over, leader, quote, leadership issues and moral failures, including being unfaithful to his wife, Laura. That'd be the closest one to a victim, probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the report was actually submitted to Hillsong on January 11, 2021, wow. and someone re- leaked that mm-hmm. recently to Christian Post. So. And Hillsong did not want this released. That well, is another thing to be put out there, too. I think that makes sense. You Absolutely. Know, there's a lot of people that are now going to be, you know, a wound's going to be reopened. But all right, AJ, I don't know if you want to. Um, so I guess I'll follow up real quick on that. And then in 2020, this is what they kind of are describing. Um, Hillsong did confirm the authenticity of the report, even though a Hillsong church spokesman in uh, quote in 2020, following the termination of Carl Lentz as lead pastor of Hillsong, North New York City, Hillsong Church commissioned an independent investigation into the culture and practices of Hillsong East Coast. The investigators requested interviews with former staff members. Uh, staff, current staff members, former volunteers, and volunteers as part of this independent inquiry. Many of these individuals explicitly requested confidentiality, and their request was taken with the utmost seriousness, mm-hmm. the spokesperson said. In January 2021, the final report summarized areas of necessary change and steps were taken to address those areas specifically at Hillsong East Coast and also globally. So remember, it's been a year since that report's been out. So we can't sit, we, you know, I'm sure they've taken steps since then. I would but, imagine. Uh, the details. In the 51-page report, alleged, among other things, quote, a mishandling of the spiritual care of a vulnerable parishioner with an eating disorder who eventually died, multiple incidents of consensual or non-consensual sexual interaction between church leaders and congregants, staff, volunteers, or non-churchgoers, 
and it presents an unflattering view of Lance as a lying, massage-loving adulterer who presided over a congregation in which he did as he pleased in a hierarchy where he seemingly answered to no one. Hmm. He was contacted for comment on this report, but the former Hillsong New York City pastor did not immediately respond. Hillsong Church also did not respond when asked if Lance signed a non-disclosure agreement as part of a severance package. Now, before we go on, this is important. You said that the Lenses have already threatened to take legal action. Is that right? Correct. They have already against Christian Post. Against Christian Post. Because they claim yep. uh, this. They, this is all lies. This is not true. Yeah. Uh, so, or at least some of it. Some he, of it is definitely not yeah. true. And in fact, they've even come out about certain things and said we have irrefu- irrefutable evidence that some of the some of this, if not all of this, is lies. Hmm. Is what they are claiming. Yep, and she is his wife specifically now is in the news. Uh, she's making a very big push to be like, if you don't take this down, like this is you are lying, and like basically coming after everybody at this point and threatening lawsuits. Yeah, so we got you know we're saying that so you guys know both sides. Um, so essentially, what they're going. The report says things like Lentz's ability to lead so poorly was itself the result of insufficient supervision and accountability applied to Lentz himself. Indeed, it appears that effective management accountability of Lentz was non-existent. They said, mm-hmm. what's more, multiple witnesses described Lentz as repeatedly reinforcing the idea that New York was separate and apart from Australia. Although Lentz himself denies it, multiple staff in New York recall Lentz saying that, quote, Australia is dead to us and other comments of similar effect. Invest- this, this part's really interesting to me. Investigators noted in the report, however, that Lentz did not make a credible witness, particularly on issues not related to sexual misconduct. So listen to this. As with much of his testimony regarding non-sexual matters, Lentz was not credible when defending his demands for cultural isolationism from the Australian parent church. So he says he didn't, he wasn't doing that. He wasn't saying we're, we're separate from them. Yeah. The Australian mothership appears also to bear some responsibility here since it never established effective oversight and accountability for the New York lead pastor. This lack of oversight permitted Carl Lentz to assume the role of final arbiter of what was proper behavior for everyone in New York, himself included. With the benefit of hindsight, given Lentz's personal limitations, this was a recipe for disaster. Now, essentially, what it's saying is, even the investigators say, when it comes to the sexual matters coming up, he was incredibly honest. Yeah. They're, so regardless of anything else, they say, actually, he was incredibly honest in this. We believe him. Yeah. We don't believe him when it comes to non um, which is interesting. Yeah, because typically it's the other way around, right? Someone would be honest about, I'm not defending him, guys. I'm just trying to make sure we're fair. Because I know someone else is like, God, you're saying he did good stuff. No, man, this stuff makes you feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Um, the investigators reported that multiple staffers and volunteers, many, some of whom were also accused of abuse behavior, found Lentz so challenging and manipulative, they alleged that he caused them to suffer from mental illness. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Um I don't know if you want to read this. This part's interesting to me. It's the part where they implied him about being a younger Brian Houston. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so, so there's a man. There were people from. Now, this is a woman. Oh, my bad. Woman. <laughs> my, bad. my bad out there. Sorry, uh, Tolu. So, so, Tolu Batters, uh, it's Hillsong, New York City's chief operating officer and the executive pastor, was among several people from the New York branch of the church who said they accompanied. Uh, they, they complained to officials in Australia about Lentz's behavior. Uh, church leaders, she said, according to the report, implied that Lentz is a younger, this is, quote, younger version of Brian Houston and suggested that she soldier on until Lentz changed. Because, yeah, because he would eventually grow up, sort of, right? Mm-hmm. And she stated she had conversations with the global, meaning the parent, uh, where they implied that he was challenging and that they just needed to stay in it. Mm. Um, oh, man. This is guys if you if you don't want to hear 
some sort of graphic things, not just a word. This is a good time to probably turn off the show or skip because I try to be as uh, non-graphic as I can. But Mm -hmm. the report further details how sexual misconduct, including multiple misdeeds by Lance and the alleged circulation by other staffers of uh, male genitalia photos to staffers and volunteers were covered up. So they're saying that was all people were passing this around. It was covered up. Mm -hmm. Um, Some who gave dispositions, that means uh, who spoke to investigators, claimed that many who reported or attempted to report misconduct faced retaliation. Um, the revelation of the details comes from, from the report comes after Hillsong Phoenix lead pastor Terry Chris revealed on March 27th that he had asked Hillsong to make the results of the investigation public in the name of transparency and accountability. Hmm. He, he, uh, to be fair, this guy's also has formally asked to separate from them and they changed their name and all that. Yep. Um, yeah, he, he was making it a big point to try to get them to come out with all this. Man, what do you think about this statement? So this Chris, this pastor from Phoenix who came out. Stay, I know guys, we're moving along. Trust me. We'll slow down in a minute, but we're trying to ke- catch you up and then give you our thoughts. So this Chris, okay, he's a pastor mm-hmm. from Hillsong Phoenix, which was formerly Hillsong Phoenix. Right. He's the guy who tra- who comes out publicly interesting. He's like, I'm the one. I said that they should be transparent. Mm-hmm. This is a sentence in here. Chris further called for an investigation of Hillsong's global church, Hillsong Church's global board and the punishment of members who had done who who have done more to protect the institution than the people they serve. Punishment. Man. That's a that that I don't know if I like that. Me you know. Um so, but when asked by Christian Post why Chris' request to make the details of the report on Lentz and Hillsong, New York City, were denied, which, by the way, he's only coming out with this now that this was dropped. That seems weird. Hey, I was calling for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm not saying that's not true. But, you know, everybody's human here. When asked by Christian Post why Chris' request to make the details of the report on Lentz and Hillsong, New York City, public were denied, I mean, the request to make the reports public were denied, the Hillsong Church spokesperson, so the Global, said mm-hmm. they had wanted to the confidentiality of the people in the report. Excuse yeah. me. Uh-huh. Which makes total sense. I agree. In, in fact, here was their quote. To honor the request for confidentiality and to prevent the identification of participants from surrounding context and details, Hillsong Church chose to limit the distribution of the written findings to a very small internal group. This group was tasked with applying the learnings and enacting change, including updating and strengthening policies and procedures. That's not out of the, like, that's not abnormal. Yeah, man. You to know, me, that makes that, total the church sense. is going to govern itself. Why? Why would you do that? Where you know, it doesn't have. That's just my thoughts on it. Um, I'm sure I can see the argument the other way. You know, being as big as they are, but like, it, let's remember that. Would we ask? Uh, do other smaller churches do that? Just <laughs> randomly come up no. and tell you how they handle everything, and they put that out publicly for everyone to see? Absolutely, probably not. not. Now, people might say, "Yeah," but other churches aren't famous, aren't standing up there, and and you know, on a pedestal. So I, I get that to a degree, but um, anyway, they also said we we had honored the request. I already said that, yeah. Um, we recognize that our culture must not merely transition to move forward. It must transform. We're strongly committed to building a healthier church mm. and have commenced this journey. Um, the spokesperson further worried that any unauthorized release of this type of information acts as a deterrent for individuals who wish to participate with any organization's desire to uncover and address truth. As a basis of change. So yeah, say you're a part of this or you've done something silly. You'd be terrified to actually share because it's, it might come out. Yeah. So I can see that. Again, I'm not saying they, eh, I don't think, I don't think, I kind of agree with them a little, I guess, like necessary. I don't know where I'm at on that. 
They're famous, so I understand why, right? You're right. But on the other hand, what's the goal? Of making it public? Yeah. Like, they... I, mean, I, I don't I, know. I know Chris, to show the world, maybe, that they're taking it seriously, I guess? Maybe. I, I or maybe trying to, you know, I guess, set an example of, like, being transparent. You know, maybe that's what yeah. Chris was wanting. Like, to, like, show the world, like, hey, like, yes, we are Hillsong, we're this giant church, but, hey, we're still broken people. Like, I, I don't know, maybe. But... I don't know what Chris' point of view actually was. I, I don't really think, me personally as a human being, I don't think he's the most upstanding guy right now. And I don't. Okay, this is his personal opinion. I don't. This know. is my <laughs> personal opinion, um, and I have some questions for him personally. But I don't think I think Hillsong made the right choice in not releasing it. I think the fact at least that you anybody, can understand why they didn't. Whether 100%. it's because at this point it's one of those things like, is there a perfect choice? I don't know, because somebody's getting hurt either way. So you right. can kind of at least understand if that's the real reason why they didn't, you yeah, know? Yeah, 100%. Because they still are a church. Yeah. And these people are also still healing. There's a process to walk out with these people to actually, like, seek true change and true healing. If you're going to just release all this, you're not only going to one, it's going to not want, make them not want to change because they're like, I'm already monster. I'm already a monster. Why would I need to change? I, this isn't going to change for me. It kind of helps feed lies for those people in this. And while they aren't, and what they did wasn't necessarily smart or okay or good at all it doesn't mean you don't walk through that per- walk through it with that person I-, I don't like that this report was released at all yeah it seems a little odd i agree um and it certainly paints now i will tell you this i'm sitting here thinking as you're talking yeah um there's there's probably a warning in here for churches and people that could that could be god could use you know uh it, it mm-hmm. makes you go man like it's that reminder that our actions affect people truth and um I'll tell you this is we're about to dive a little further because guys, we're not anywhere in to what this claiming this culture is. No. Yeah. It, it if it was what it said, heck, even the stuff he admitted, man, it was a wild place. Oh yeah. The Hillsong, New York City seems to me was a place where the fame got to a lot of people's head. Agreed. Because they're running around with celebrities. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot of how you like how you get there, you know? Cause anyway. Um so I, that's a good point, Clint. Well, I don't know where to start. You want to start with just, I guess, this is, we're going to dive right into what kind of the culture claims of that Lentz, that Carl Lentz was like, had created, I guess, and the celebrity. Yeah. And it starts here with this driver. Yes. So you had marked it, actually. Redacted means that was the name of the person they're taking out. Mm-hmm. So... It says, Redacted stated in a letter that when he drove Carl Lentz, Lentz would belittle him, bully him, and complain about the driving or the, or the route he was taking. Redacted stated that Lentz once yelled at him for, uh, quote, breathing too loud while he was driving. Investigators noted, oh, I, I read that weird. Redacted stated that he was expected to be at uh, Lentz's beck and call 24-7 and never miss a text or a call. Uh, Redacted stated that he would have to sit outside a nightclub and wait for Lentz sometimes for three to five hours. Uh, redacted further stated that he was removed from his position after he asked to pray for Lentz's Lentz during a car ride. <laughs> yeah, and then Lentz kind of gives it his his side a little bit. On the next one, yeah. Yep. So it says Lentz told investigators that he'd only yelled when the servant almost crashed into someone on Bowery Street in Manhattan, and that drivers did not have to be available twenty four seven. He further denies being driven out to clubs late at night. The former Hillsong NYC pastor claimed, however, that they would sometimes take Bibles to his friends who was a DJ and distribute them. Yeah. So. Another guy claims, these are just some of these are kind of silly to me, claims he 
Well, recalled how he was once called to Lentz's home at 1.15 a.m. to, quote, set up a drum kit for Lentz's son's birthday the following day, Lentz. Um, however, in the, Lentz, however, said in the report he had zero recollection of that event. One woman claimed that her husband suffered from panic disorder as a result of Lentz's abuse, while another man repeatedly entered in rehab after working for Lentz. Um, sure. Yeah. Also, you know, I guess if you're, he ordered this guy to come to his house at 1.15 and do that, and it, or maybe it was one of those things where the guy's like, he didn't order him, but it's like, can you really say no? Mm. You know, that that's where the power stuff comes in, right? Like, where where can you really say no right. without feeling like there's going to be? So we're, we're not we're not trying to, like, pile on. We're trying to give you a full picture, and then I guess we keep going. What do you guys think? Do we keep going, pile it up, and then kind of give our thoughts on it all? Yeah, I think that's I fine. mean, I, I'm genuinely asking. I this, we've never had to do this before. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get real talk on, on something that's out there. Um, staff also complained that Lentz required that he be picked up from the airport by two people. In addition, other claims of support from staff he required at home. And, quote, one person would drive Lentz home while the other person would wait and pick up his luggage. Mm-hmm. When asked about this by investigators, Lentz acknowledged that he needed, quote, two drivers to pick him up at the airport because he would have one staff member pick him up and have a second person pick up his luggage. He stated that this was, quote, completely Hillsong standard. Yep. Okay, see, that's the stuff where it's like, why it probably was standard. Yeah. And it is I do think that's weird. Yeah, these first you know, how do you few. get so out of touch, man? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel bad having Fun Turn get me a drink and he's an intern here. Right. And I'm not judging it because we all have our thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's a culture thing, right? Is it creating that celebrity? Like mm-hmm. this guy is a celebrity, you know. By the way, this is as we read on, maybe it's not to this extent, but does this happen sometimes within churches, even small churches? Mm-hmm. This guy can this guy becomes something more than a person? I don't know. So, but even that stuff's not like morally wrong in the sense. Like, the, I, guess, I guess it's painting the picture that he thought he was above people, maybe. Yeah. That he maybe. bought into his own celebrity. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. These, these first few, a lot of them are just kind of reachy, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think they started off with like, okay, well, yeah, this is weird and we have questions for you. And like, definitely should be something talked about within the church and be like, hey, Hey Carl, why'd you do this? Yeah, like what's yeah. what's really going on here? Like right. leadership should have probably been involved with being like, hey man, like just got a few questions for you. Do you see how weird this is? Mm. But definitely not like I'm sitting here going, this is this is bad. This is really bad. Right. I, I wouldn't think that at all. Honestly, I would be like, okay, this is weird. Maybe a little bit selfish and strange, but not mm. nothing to be super concerned about something to definitely talk to him about right um and try to get mm-hmm. to the bottom of and i would say and then moving on into this is where it gets a lot more like it make it starts to make a little more sense getting into yeah the next what's, section. what happened sure. yeah so uh the next section is about his sexual misdeeds and this is where you know todd had the quote where he talks about being a very good liar um when interviewed in december 2020 about his sexual misconduct which allegedly included messages three affairs massages Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm going to restart that because I messed that up. When interviewed in December 2020 about his sexual misconduct, which allegedly included massages, three affairs, and exposing himself to his housekeeper, investigators said Lentz appeared to be generally forthcoming and candid about most of it. Lentz also addressed viral media reports that a dog walker caught him having sex with a young celebrity in his Brooklyn apartment in 2014. Yeah, so the investigators... So the, the supposedly this dog walker claimed that essentially... He or she heard Lentz, they knew there was this young female celebrity there, and that he heard them having sex in Mm -hmm. the room and then just kind of panicked and left. And apparently that went viral. 
the investigators say, quote, we asked Lance about the news article that quotes an alleged dog walker who supposedly saw Lance in a starlight having sex in the Lance's broken apartment. Lance convincingly denied that he, he that they employed a dog walker and said that no dog walker ever walked in on him having sex with anyone, investigators said. Lance appears believable on this point, especially since the dog walker claims to have been walking their dog in Brooklyn at a point in time when the Lances were actually living in New Jersey. So that's an example of someone probably trying to jump on the the hype train. That's right. And even man. the investigators say that story was it's not true. unlikely. Yep. And even at the time, the tabloids didn't even want to really like they, it was everywhere. But the tabloids never went into specifics, and it was one of those things where it was like, "Eh, we're not going to touch this. Yeah. Like we're going to touch this." Makes but you we're wonder not if the dog work got paid too for saying it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and then investigators noted in the report that Lentz's candor, meaning his truth and honesty mm-hmm. about his sexual misconduct, might have been due in part to him being a resident at a 24-7 inpatient treatment center at the time, quote, where presumably he was being assisted by trained therapists and was forming the habit of honestly expressing what had happened. So mm-hmm. I view that as a positive. Essentially, he was in this inpatient. Yeah. They, he was being very honest about this because mm-hmm. he's got therapists who are helping him, hey, admit what happened if you really want to change. Yeah, you know? man. It sounds like he, especially that's a good point to make because it sounds like there was a step there in trying to get better, like he was trying to heal you know, and, and get through this. The only part that I guess he was, a, yeah, I agree. And the only part it seems like he was a little hesitant on it says, quote, Lentz described receiving frequent massages, though he would not provide details. In particular, despite his obligations to cooperate pursuant to a severance agreement. So apparently in order to his severance, he had to agree to this, uh, like, talk. Lentz refused to answer questions regarding whether the massages he received were sexual in nature, investigators mm-hmm. said. Um, Laura Lentz stated that she had hunches and vibes that the massages were a bit strange and that in 2019 the routine of Lentz receiving massages became more of a nighttime occurrence. Review of Lentz's text messages shows masseuses quoting Lentz for the cost of massages and also other sexual acts, but it was unclear from the text messages if Lentz received only massages from these women or something more they wrote. Hmm. Um, and then an interview conduct, and then we're moving on. So essentially, this, this article is a little all over the place, but yeah. right there it's kind of over, right? These massages. Then we move into a different accusation. Yep. You want to handle that? Yep. So uh, it says, on one occasion, a redacted was... Oh, this is... Sorry, I should preface here. In an interview conducted with the housekeeper of the Lentz family in November 2020, she accused the former Hillsong NYC pastor of exposing himself to her on three occasions. So it says, on one occasion, redacted was washing her shoes in the bathroom sink. Kind of odd. When Lentz came into the bathroom, uh, pulled his pants down and began peeing in the toilet next to her. On two other occasions, Redacted was cleaning the uh, bedroom when Lentz entered the bedroom and pulled down his pants to change clothes. Um, now, Lentz did deny this allegation to investigators and claim the housekeeper was not trustworthy. And goes on to say that um, that that person was sort of fame, obsessed with fame because they would uh, took photos of like celebrities he'd had there when he would meet and then would leave notes on his bed, weird stuff. Yeah, so definitely kind of an odd thing. Um, while he attacked the credibility of his accusers, Lentz also proudly told <laughs> proudly seems odd. See, to yeah, me. see, that's a weird but choice of words. Because that part's not in the in the actual this is Christian Post saying that. Mm-hmm. This but Lentz also told investigators that he is, quote, a very good liar, end quote, who deliberately took steps to cover up his indiscretion. Such efforts included boldly lying to his wife Laura when she caught him and Leona, Leona Kimes, in flagrante delecto on a couch late at night, investigators said. So we looked that up. It essentially means sex, right? Yeah, they, he, she had caught them in the act, yeah. Okay. And then this leads us into the some of the big ones with this lady named Leona Kimes. Who, you want yep. to explain kind of who that was? And uh, Yeah, so Leona Kimes is the uh, – she was the uh, housekeeper 
to the Lentz's home, but she was also the wife of uh, Josh Kimes, who is the pastor of Hillsong, Boston. Which is wild. So the pastor of one of the Hillsong ch- churches, it was her, his wife, who also happened, what was it? It was a nanny who was also being hired as a nanny. His wife was for the Lentz family. Whew. Okay. For seven years, she was a nanny. That's nuts, man. So Kimes accused Lentz of repeated sexual touching, though I think the stories, this is pretty, pretty obvious to me it was con- consensual. Mm-hmm. Um, it does say that Lentz himself admitted that the married Kimes, he engaged in at least 20 but less than 100 sex acts. Yep. Quote, usually Carl and Leona would engage in sexual misconduct in the couch in Lentz's living room, but there were nights when Leona would ask Carl to go to the third floor house continue what they were doing. Carl said they would pretty much do everything you could do without engaging in oral sex or intercourse. There were certain things in Carl's life that would make him feel a dangerous or pleasurable feeling. He called it, quote, manipulated intimacy. He does not recall how many times they engaged in it, but believes it happened more than 20 and less than 100. Mm-hmm. The report describes how one night in 2016, while at the home of former NBA player Tyson Chandler, Kimes and Lentz were once caught in the act by his wife, who were accused, was accused of punching Kimes two or three times in the face. She claimed she was later, Laura Lentz claimed she was later gaslit by her husband and thinking she had not seen what she'd seen. Yep. Um, one, one night... Quote, one night, all the adults were drinking, and Leona was introduced to marijuana for the first time. Later that night, Leona states that she was practically passed on the couch while Carl massaged her legs. Laura then walked in the room and caught them. Mm-hmm. Laura then, Laura, she saw Leona laying on the couch with a blanket on. She saw Carl on the floor next to the couch with his hands in the blankets. Laura stated she, that this was hand-touching and leg-rubbing. She said that Leona was on asleep. Laura watched Carl and Leona for a minute or two without being seen. She said she almost went frozen. She said she then went into the room and pushed Carl on the shoulder and then punched Leona in the face with a closed fist two or three times. She then, she stated then Carl grabbed her. Mm-hmm. Laura rep- reported that Carl and Leona then began gaslighting her, telling her that nothing was happening and that what she thought she was she had seen was not what she had seen. Laura said the two of them made Laura, uh, made Laura start to doubt her own eyes. She started to feel crazy, thought to herself, did I see something? I don't know. Hmm. Um, Leo, Laura said at the at that point she wanted Kimes out of their lives, but her husband convinced her to keep Kimes on because it was better to, quote, keep your friends close but your enemies closer, end quote. Kimes also wanted to get out of the situation, but a Lynch, Lynch allegedly told her, quote, you think you can get another job, you don't even have a college degree, end quote. Yeah, man. You know, that's when kind of the manipulation kind of comes in, and it's like, man, like, it kind of like, a, it's funny, because this this whole thing kind of goes back and forth. Like, there's times where you're like, eh, you know, did Carl really, like, like what, you know, what he did what here? What he did was wrong, for sure. Yes. But, and then you see that stuff, and it's like, dang it, man. It makes you sad. It says, despite the complicated dynamics of the relationship between Lentz and Leona Kimes, Vesker said it was, quote, unlikely Leona was capable of achieving the distance necessary to exercise true choice, end quote, because of the power dynamic that exists between the two, and the, quote, this is interesting, alleged idolatry of Carl by Leona. So she idolized him, mm. it seems. Uh, also claims Leona just to give the other side abuse their nannies this, this is all a mess mm-hmm. Leona accused very, Lentz of carrying condoms so. in a suitcase uh, said that the form that Lentz deliberately worked to make sure she and her husband did not work not, did not get the same day off from work yep um, in an interview with investigators in November Josh Kimes said he went once went to speak with Lentz about his wife being at their house so much and the report states that quote Lentz twisted Josh's grievance into Josh's insecurities Lentz told Josh that if he couldn't cut it maybe he should just leave New York yeah Lentz denied keeping condoms in his suitcase and told investigators that quote he loved Josh and didn't recall all the hours his wife worked mm. uh, Carl did recall 
Did not recall the hours Leona worked, because, quote, because she was always at their house. He stated they would expect her to work about 40 hours a week, and Leona was at their house so much that they often didn't know if she was there working or simply there hanging out. He stated that he loved Josh. He thought Josh was easy to lead and had a good heart. He stated it was a part of his job to pastor Josh regarding his marriage, but he could not remember anything in particular that he said to Josh. He stated he and Laura also could have counseled Leona about her marriage to Josh, but did not recall any specific conversations. Uh, the Kimes specifically recalled Lentz disparaging each of them to the other. The relationship involved sexual acts between Leona Kimes and Carl Lentz lasted from 2015 to 2017. Mm. So the part that's in there is he said he loved Josh, and I think that confuses people. Well, how could he yeah. love this guy and then do this stuff with his wife? And, you know, in the biblical sense, he wasn't loving him, right? He wasn't love, love you know, putting him above himself and all those things, but, yeah, you know, People can get into messy, gross stuff, man. Absolutely, they can. They can, they can. I guess what I'm saying is it may not seem possible to love someone and sin against them, but I think it is. Hmm. And I think that's that's the messy part of of what, what we're living in. And again, yes. let, me, let me be very, very clear, because I think now is the time I need to say this. I am not making excuses for Carl Lentz. Nope. Okay, the things he did admit to were terrible. They were wrong. They were sinful. Um, and so, sure, maybe I'm reading into my own stuff of like the times in my life when, you know, we all can. It's I don't know. It's, for me, because of my past, like long ago, it's easy for me to go, gosh, dude. It, I've had times in my life where I've fallen into sinful practices, right, long, where it's hard to believe it even happened, you know. And you, and you get – it doesn't make it okay, but that someone no. can love Jesus and, and choose to sin and fall into it. And maybe that's my hope. Maybe I'm reading so much into it hoping that this is him – changing and not that it was all fake yeah you know what i mean maybe 100%. that's just my heart's desire is that because it hurts to think that he it was all fake you know and i don't know this guy no. but when i think of it being anyone you know you know you know when i think of it being anyone else maybe someone in my own church it's he never wanted to be where the person was just for lack of a better word a, bib, a goat right amongst yeah. the sheep you don't want that Mm-mm. So. yeah man it's what do you think as we you hear all this stuff? Like, what are your feelings on it all? I mean, it makes me sad. You know, it makes me sad, and I know like it's it's interesting for me because I didn't I didn't grow up in church, and so like you yeah. know, church culture. I feel like I have a different like I don't look at it the same way maybe people who've grown up in church do. Like, I know that I I see all this, and I know it sucks, and I know it's terrible, and what he did was wrong. But I also know like anybody's capable of anything. But that doesn't mean that. God's grace doesn't cover it. And, like, a lot of the time I think people can just take take this at face value and then just, like, say that what they've done is, is you know, it can't be reconciled. I'm like, how is that possible? Like, if you're a Christian out there and you think that what Carl Lentz has done completely, like, like disqualifies him from being able to do anything that has anything to do with Christ is unbelievable to me. Because, like, look at the people you claim to believe in the Bible. Like, it, they've done so much. <laughs> You know, so it's like I guess for me, it <clears throat> makes me sad, but it also I guess it makes me even more sad to think that, like, I'm expecting him to get treated so terribly that like I could see why he would almost like fall away, just because of how we are as Christians, like the Americanized Christian Church, mm-hmm. because we like we don't understand grace and like we don't want, we wouldn't want someone like Carl Lentz to succeed in grace and the, the journey of grace because it reminds us of how how much we don't want it. Like, we don't want what? Grace. We don't want that freedom. 
Mm, how so? Fill that out because I think it's an interesting thought. Like we couldn't, we can't stand to see a guy like Carlin's come out and be transparent about this because we can't be transparent about our own lives. Because if he can be so saved in that, then it just reminds us of how we're not living like that. And maybe it would convict us that we're not as forthcoming, exactly. whether it was caught or not, right? Yeah. So we would rather condemn him because then we can just stay safe in a little bubble. I will say too that it, you know this culture that we have of trying to tear these people apart, right? Uh, in general. Like the idea and of it, it, do you think it deters people in the normal day to day, let's say Indiana, mm-hmm. small town church, from wanting to confess sin? Because they Definitely. go, well, if it happened to that, what's going to happen to me? Absolutely. They can see <clears> those <throat> examples and go, why would I ever share anything? You know, why would I, why would I say I, I messed up? I had an affair. I had, you know, whatever. You know, I did drugs. I did whatever. Like, you know, like why would you? Yeah, and it's not a matter. I feel like I'm always having to say this. So we can sit here and say that his actions, or let's say anyone's actions, adultery affairs, is sinful and evil, right, and wrong and hurts people and hate it and hate it and say, gosh, darn it, why'd you do that? And also say we hope for someone's restoration. Both can be true. It doesn't have, just because we're saying that is not meaning, I can see someone out there going, those guys are trying to make light of something serious. We're not. The kind of pain that Laura Lentz, who's the real, you know, is in right now, Oh, yeah. And on this getting brought up again, and she chose to stay with him. Yep. Um, Leona Kimes, Josh Kimes, these people, the people that were, that trusted and believed in, in um, Carl Lentz, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, I will say this. I've always had issues with Carl Lentz sometimes. I've told you guys about, <clears throat> it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm far more concerned sometimes with what I've heard him teach yeah. than I am with, with this stuff because, <clears throat> you know, he had a big platform and did some silly stuff. I know he was on Oprah one time. You know, I talked about homosexuality and sort of made it seem like, hey, man, like, you know, to get class from everyone. He pretty much didn't call it what it was. Yeah, that sucks. And <clears throat> those things bother me more than this. Agreed. And But everybody was okay with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meaning, like, in that, you know, the, the world, Christian, I didn't see people writing those articles. Mm-hmm. And um, It's fair, man. I don't know. I don't know. And, it, and sexual sin is very serious. The Bible talks about it. You know, yeah. all other sins take place outside the body. But sexual sin, the Scripture says, you know, takes place within the body, the temple. Our yes. body is a temple and what it does. And <clears throat> So, yeah, man, it's heartbreaking. And, um, I'll, you know, I guess it's one of those things, <clears throat> you know, 10 years ago, without going into too much detail, I found myself in a pretty crappy situation. Um, in an inappropriate re- relationship, I guess for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it, people didn't, it's hard for people to believe. So I guess I understand. And I'm not saying that's him. That's the thing. I'm not, this guy could be everything we think he is. He could but be. But that doesn't mean that everyone is. Yeah. Does that make sense? That everyone's yeah. false. And I think sometimes one of the things I've learned is like, man, when I've sinned in my life, okay, I can say this right now for everyone, I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that I loved Jesus more than myself? That I loved Jesus more than my flesh, my lust, my, you know, my desire for things? No. In those moments, I didn't. You know, those moments. But that doesn't mean the world wants to say you're false, man. And I can. There's so much damage done in that moment because yes. there are people that do that, that sin, okay, and they repent, and it's real. And because we're so afraid that everybody is fake, we want to burn all of them. And I'm scared of that, man, of what, what Jesus is going to tell us someday, that we have burned sheep 
because we were so focused on get, burning goats and getting rid of wolves. And I've said this over and over. How many sheep have been shot because we we didn't want to take a chance they were a wolf? It's crazy. And man. I'll tell you what, you know, that's not the heart of God. And that's that person is still God's son or daughter. So it's one of those things where we try to make everything easy. It's easy to say, e- person is evil, get rid of them, fake. Yep. Versus how could someone love Jesus and be this other person at the same time? <laughs> we're not even talking about what stress can do to you and what, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the lack of lack of people in his life. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, uh, dude, that's so good. Yeah, and I think it, it does go back to, like, it goes back to people would rather say that because it, it doesn't, it, it makes them not have to reflect back on, like, who they are and, like, what they do. I think, uh, before I, I preface just slightly, I said, before I say this, uh, I'm not saying sin all the more. No, don't sin all no, the more. No. However, because you people out there, there are people out there that take it that way, and that's not what it is. However, what I'll say is this, sin does not change the call does not change what Jesus told you to do and does not change what he talks about. Yeah. He talks about this with Peter. You forgive him. How many times do I forgive him? 60 times 60. Mm-hmm. He tells you to do that. And not only that, but he also talks about you love. You you walk through it with these people. And guess what? Repentance and the actual is shown in the change. You will never know if a person yeah. is truly repentant yeah. until they change. So you have to or give them to. and they're willing to change. So you have to give them grace until you see it. You may not see it in that moment. You may not. Guess what? You still are yes, they're going to have to carry their cross, and there'll be things that you have to ask them, but you are still called to go to your brother when you're angry with them. You're still called to go talk to them if you have questions. You do not allow that seed of bitterness to stay. And guess what? You trust that it will be shown whether they are truly repentant or not. And you mm. leave that to the Lord. You need to be concerned with loving people. At the end of the day, that doesn't mean what they did is okay, but you, I think the church today focused far too much on burning people alive, like you said, Todd, than actually helping and loving people. And while that is not an a omission to just go sin and do whatever the heck you want, we forget the heart of Jesus and the fact of what we're to love and to be with people and actually move people. You are not disqualified because you did these things things yes you may never serve in that capacity again but do yeah. not limit jesus that, that, that's true and here's the thing we're not even saying i mean clearly i think in his position and how bad it gotten there's no way they could like keep him on right you know um so again and i'm not saying he's a good guy i don't know it and some of these things that right. are said but i'll tell you what when i look at it from just a person if this was a non-christian that came to us and said can i be forgiven of these things what you would say, you say absolutely yes you can so when I, I guess what we're trying to say and what Clint's saying and, and I'm saying too and, and AJ is we're not it's more of this 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 culture we have of certain sins being like let's crucify the person versus you know do we first look to to love and restore? You know, the yeah. apostle Paul describes a situation in First Corinthians in which he comes into the church there's a situation where a, a stepson was sleeping with a stepmother. We don't know any more details than that, right? A son was sleeping with a stepmother. Right. We get the idea that it had been going on for a while, and the church was just, this was this guy wasn't apparently an overseer or a pastor, but we get the sense in the scriptures that this guy had been doing this for a while. Yes. Well, Paul says, hey, you guys have let this guy just stay here. He's not changing. He's just walking around doing this. 
quit it. He's not repenting. He's not changing. You need to kick him out. Yep. We, we have to believe that they have tried Matthew 18 at this point, which is go to this guy, tell him to quit, take another person. And instead, this church just gave up and said, yeah, go ahead. And he made them kick this guy out, okay? Yep. He said, "Let go. this guy needs to go out. He's not changing. He won't repent. He needs to go out. And like it's terrifying. He says, hand him over to Satan. See what it's like in the world. Well, 2 Corinthians, it seems like we're alluding to the same situation, the second letter in which he says, apparently this guy's been out long enough, has changed, and is now depressed. He says, let him come back among you so he's not grieved to the point of death. And so, you know, sometimes, yes, it takes that, that being set outside the house, for lack of a better word, to see how bad it is, to be reminded of, like, what have I done? Yeah. But the goal is not to keep the person out there, sure. right? The, the goal is to bring them home. Yes. And sometimes it's like people can only see the truth of what they are and what they become outside the house. And they have to go, gosh darn it, what have I done? Man. And so that is a real thing. But let's not forget that the end goal is to bring the person back. You know? It's really good, man. And that's the hope, which tells me in that story that, that it's certainly possible that someone makes that kind of mistake and he's even stubbornly in it. And when they repent, that they can truly repent and be brought home. And we should accept them and love them. Can you imagine that? And... um did Carl Lentz, is he dealing with consequences of his sin? Sure. Absolutely. It sucks. Um, and, I, and I feel for everyone, everyone involved. And, um, but man, we're not, we don't want to make a lot of it. And honestly, I, we, when we read this, we didn't read it. Go, look at this poor guy. It's, it's some, gosh, I mean, it makes you feel weird. Yeah, it's, you know? it's unfortunate. And that crazy thing is these things weren't even the things he got caught for that brought mm-hmm. all this to light. This, this didn't, this, this stuff could have went on forever. Well, I guess 2017. What year did it say? Oh, June 2020. So he, apparently at some point he had stopped with the Leona Kimes for about three years. Yeah. What so what if he had like. never, you know, was that an opportunity that God was like, hey, uh, maybe he, I'm saying it, we don't know, repented truly. And then right. he goes back to it. Because that, then we come to, for the past year, he, in 2020 it started, he had this affair with this, she actually was, I'm pretty sure, Islamic. But this woman he met at the park. Yeah. And this is the one everyone's heard. New York City-based designer, Ranine Kareem. Yep. She had a five-month-long affair. It was uncovered after compromising tech net text messages were found on his computer. Um, he admitted to the affair with her. The affair began in June 2020. He stated that he had sexual intercourse with Miss Kareem on multiple occasions. He described a cycle. This is interesting. How human is this? He describes a cycle in which he would go to Miss Kareem's home and supposedly, quote, try to break things off, but he would lose his resolve, and the two of them would then engage in sexual relations. Hmm. Now, this part's interesting, and he said, and this is the report, quote, it seems unlikely that Lentz's ritualized kabuki dance of, quote, trying to break things off was anything more. It seems like it was unlikely that, that it was anything more than a specialized form of foreplay or perhaps a transparent attempt to assuage his conscience, which is make himself feel better. And then they hmm. put maybe both. Oh, that's so powerful, man, that we True. do that, right? Like what they're saying is, was did it didn't seem like he really wanted to break it off. He was doing that. To, he was telling himself that to make himself feel better. Yeah, man, that's such a human thing, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he was in a park in a social distancing circle, painted on the ground. When he noticed her, he said he asked if she wanted to circle. As he was leaving, she declined. She offered instead to walk with him, and he ended up taking her number. His wife was not in town on the day they met, so the next night he texted her. He told her he would come see her. When Lentz got to her house, he said, quote, I can't be here. I'm a married man, and I shouldn't have taken your number. Kareem said, I know exactly who you are. It's okay. I'm not going to say anything. <sighs> he said that she told him to stay for a drink, but soon after that, she was on top of him, kissing him, and they proceeded to have sex. The next day, he realized that he had gone over the edge, and he thought that the best way to handle the situation was to let her see that he's a human being. 
Before Clint, Lance claimed that he would repeatedly try to end the relationship with Kareem by telling her things like, you're better than this. Now, that seems weird. Mm-hmm. But according to investigators, such comments only seem to make her fall in love with him more, end quote. Mm-hmm. It was discovered their relationship by the church, which eventually bring that, brought that relationship to an end. At one point, Lance called Kareem to tell her that everything was coming out and his life was over. He stated Kareem became enraged when he said, quote, don't worry, your name will be buried, end quote. Investigators noted, quote, he eventually realized that publicity was exactly what she wanted, and apparently soon after that call, she did an interview with the Sun. Jeez. That whatever that is, it's a New York-based company. I'd imagine, yeah. Um, and that's when we actually heard about all this come out. Yeah, that was the, the big one that we talked about. He also admitted to an engaging, while he was engaged in a relationship with her, he also revealed that he engaged in another, quote, inappropriate relationship with a woman he met in August or September of 2020, he listed in his contacts as Germany. He said he met her at a deli in Brooklyn. He stated that he saw this woman two times, that their contact was sexual in nature, but did not involve sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. He stated Germany is not affiliated with the church, did not participate in her attend Hillsong, investigators said. Lance remembers leaving one night and texting her, saying that he was in a relationship and could not meet her anymore. And that was the end of it. Yep. Right? Yep, that was the end of it. So that's kind of the, I think, is that all of that uh, part? That's all the Carl Lentz part, yeah. <laughs> After that, we would jump back into... Some other stuff. I think let's finish that. Let's wrap this up, though. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I hope you guys can see why we went. Guys, I don't know. I'm, this is real talk. This is just me being real with you. And maybe yeah. I shouldn't. It, this is uncomfortable for me. I'm still wrestling with, even as we talk, I'm going, should we even do this? I get it, man. Like, I don't know. Are we Are we yeah, participating in this? Yeah. I get it. But I guess I keep coming back to, it's already out there. Like I said, I had some people from our church come up to me and go, hey, do you see this new expose this new uh, documentary from Hillsong right you know it's like I think it's called like Hillsong Exposed right something like that that, that's what it's called so if anything I'm trying to I guess our message is even if these things are true let's let's just talk about it what does that mean about the gospel what 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 does the Bible say about it a guy like this Mm -hmm. what do we know well we know it's sin we know it destroyed a lot of lives it destroyed his life but what else do we know we also know that we serve a God who, who's offered us grace. And that there's hope for restoration for him. And, and like Clint said, it may not be that he, it's probably not going to be him pastoring at Hillsong. No. And I don't even know if it'll be him pastoring. Who knows? But if he's sincere in his repentance, and what a beautiful picture, by the way, real quick, about his wife staying with him and her view of the oh, covenant. Man. It's insane. Um, that's a good woman from the outside. You know, you, you, people wouldn't do that. Beautiful picture. In but fact, if, go ahead. In fact, even in the face of this, is fighting against it, even when he can't. Because let's be honest, if Carl Lentz came out, defended himself, and defended yeah. himself, it wouldn't be this. But instead, she, even in the face of all this, which is unfortunate, she's even put in that position. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. she still fights and she defends her whole family and defends him. Yeah, that's beautiful. It really is. I'll say that, and that is really beautiful, actually. But I'll say this. If he's sincere in his repentance, then he can be assured that God won't, you know, God wouldn't leave him anyway if he's sincerely a believer. But God is going to heal him and restore him and work all things for the good of those who believe, and including him, according to his purposes. Yes. And that he can have a testimony out of this. And that's my prayer. My prayer for Carl Lentz, and that should be all of our prayer, is not that he's demonized, not that he's destroyed, not that he stays here, but that one, if he's not a believer, that he comes to a true repentance and acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Mm. But that if he is, and we have to assume, you know, we'll see, like Clint mentioned this earlier, and we're going to see in the long term, right, the fruit. But that if he is, 
we should be praying for his healing and for his heart and for the restoration and for the areas in his life that were taken, for lack of a better word, spiritually, left him vulnerable mm. to to this to choosing this kind of sinful behavior, you know? Um, because that's my hope, man. Because there's, God can restore it. You know, Amen. King David did some terrible things. And we, you know, most of the time nowadays, the first thing people think of when they think of King David is not his adulterous, murderous life. They think of the Psalms and the boy who killed the, the giant and right, the man, man after God's own heart. And it's that's really my good. prayer, you know, my prayer for the lenses and for healing for them and for their kids. Amen, dude. We can't get away from that, you know? Yes. I wholeheartedly agree with you, dude. So, And how do we apply that kind of mindset to the local church? Hmm. How do we view when we hear about so-and-so doing something? You know, people can do such horrible things, man, and it's okay to hate those things, to hate that sin. Yes. To look at this and, and you know, when we read it, if, if the people could have seen us, a camera on on the studio when we were reading it, man, it was a somber mood. It was, man. It was very somber. It still is, really. I mean, like, it's like, I don't know, you know, we have an opportunity here to, well, there's, there's two ways to go. You know, you can either just, you know, close off your mind to the, the fact that you know these guys you know Carl Lentz and you know Hillsong Church they were a you know they were a massive church that had a lot of cultural um uh influence and you know you can either say well they they've destroyed it all or you can say hey God is a our God is a God of redemption and like you can there's hope in that mm. and like I don't know mm. man you're right our you know Christ, a lot of people mock Christianity because they that's we usually tend to take the first option instead of believing what we say we believe so like I don't know, man. I'm with you. Yeah. What are your thoughts on? I mean, what are you? You're you're kind of quiet. <laughs> um. I don't know, man. There's just I know there's a road to redemption. If it's real, there's a road to redemption, and it's gonna happen. You know, don't know what that looks like. What you said, you know, whether that's him coming back as a pastor or not. Like, there is peace to be had, no matter how far astray you've went. Um, and, you know. I'm definitely sad about it. You know, I, I know that it's hard when someone with the influence like a Hillsong church, you know, all this comes out because I know that it's going to make a lot of people just make fun of Christianity and they're going to call us hypocrites and they're going to say, well, you guys don't even follow what you claim to believe and all this and that. And like, you know, there's, you know, they're going to make fun of the fact that we're all going to bite each other over it. Like, you know, <laughs> it mm -hmm. just gives, it gives the non-believers a lot of ammo to just continue to, you know, hammer on why they think we're idiots. So, I don't know, man. That That is, like, the discouraging part of it is I know people are going to see it and just think, of course, that's just church. That That's the religious people. And, like, I don't know, man. There's just so much more to it than that. And, like, that's the, that's the hard part because then you already know, like, you know, at least for, like, me personally, I'm waiting for someone to come up and say, oh, did you see the Hillsong thing? And, like, you know, they're not a believer. I'm like, well, how do you explain that? Or, you yeah, know, just whatever. And so, like, you know that's the only part that sucks of it. You know, you know, all the people, it, you know, it sucks to think about all the hurt they're going through. Like you mentioned, like Laura and all the, you know, everyone that's personally involved, like that's hard. You know, the people who attend this church, you know, I'm sure they're getting blasted about it. Like, so I don't know. We talk about the ripple effect and you know, the other ripple is big on this one. So, you know, well, that's true. Yeah. So like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty big. And so, you know, I know you, I think you mentioned this, earlier but like man just being prayerful too for hillsong for you know carl for the entire family for everybody involved because man it's just a it's a tough time 
you know, but like I said, if if you really stick to what we claim we believe, man, like there's hope and there is redemption and it's gonna be beautiful. So that's yeah, that's, that's what I cling to in this situation. It's good, man. Yeah. Well, I wish we could say we're done with Hillsong, but we're not. <laughs> we got a lot left still. We gotta talk about this and, and I'll kinda intro and if you wanna kinda go through some of the financial stuff. It's on page 22, where it starts. Okay. Oh, no. uh, so this comes from ABC.net. It's ABC News, and the, the article is, Former Hillsong pastors say they were threatened by Brian Houston to hand over their church and assets. And the, the kind of the overview is, Two former European pastors have accused Hillsong co-founder, co-founder Brian Houston and the church's general manager of sending threatening emails during a dispute over the transfer of their church cash assets, um, church cash and assets to Hillsong Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, the key points from this article are 7.30 investigation has found that Hillsong expanded its property portfolio partly by taking financial co- control over other churches. Hillsong also keeps some of its Australian assets separate from church activities using a web of interlinked charities and trusts. And that Hillsong boasts more than 120, con- I'm sorry, 120 churches across 30 countries. Mm-hmm. And the, the two European pastors are Zenia and Vera Kasevich, who led the congregations of Hillsong Kiev and Hillsong Moscow for two decades. Interesting. Yes. Because we're talking about Ukraine and Russia here, and two <laughs> churches there. Very interesting, yeah. And so they have spoken for the first time about the circumstance behind their sudden departure from the megachurch. I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to go on and kind of explain, like, get the highlights here. Yeah, so essentially they started as a independent church, you know, in Florida. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. The one, they started in Florida? Yeah. I think you might get that wrong, because... Where is it saying that? Um, because now there is a church in Florida. This is the one that was from Moscow because they just got U.S. citizenship not long ago. Okay, maybe I didn't. Yeah, so I'll use this one. That's not your fault. There's a lot here, guys. Trust me, so I get it. So essentially, these two guys, the former lead pastors of Kiev and Moscow, say they attempted to break away from the church in 2014. Yes. And they say they ultimately chose to hand over their church and assets after Brian Houston threatened to open a rival Hillsong church in Kiev. (laughs) There we go. So uh, documents signed by Hillsong Australia general manager. So this general manager of their day-to-day. Yeah. Show that Hillsong Church Limited requested the case of it to make a, quote, voluntary donation of the proceeds of the sale of a property as well as over $230 US U.S. dollars in cash. And, quote, Xenia says, I was in an impossible situation. No matter what decision you make, you lose. At the time, the Kasevichs were planning to immigrate to the United States. We're in the process of applying for U.S. residency. Hillsong had agreed to assist them in dealing with U.S. immigration. In one email obtained by 7.30, which is this organization, this yeah. media, George Agajanian, who is, the, remember, that George guy, we'll just call him George, is the Hillsong Australia general manager. He, in an email obtained by them, this George guy writes that he can, quote, make things very difficult, quote, for them, end quote, for them, quote, with the American authorities. So essentially threatening them that yes. he can affect their ability to get U.S. citizenship. And it's in terrifying. another email, Brian Houston warns that Vera and Zinya Kasevich, quote, have a lot to fear, end quote, and that his general manager, quote, has a lot of useful information for the general embassy about the, I'm sorry, the U.S. embassy about the former Hillsong Kiev pastors, end quote. Um, Vera Kasevich, from her viewpoint, said, basically, Brian Houston said, this church is mine. I will make your life small. I will squash it. That's their view of it. But, yep. Um, 
<clears throat> Brian Houston himself actually told 730 in an email that the Kasevich's account of the takeover Hillsong, Kiev, and Moscow were a, quote, complete fantasy, and he made no threats. The Kasevich said they were finally free to speak about their ordeal because of their U.S. Their US residency had been secured, and they no longer felt intimidated by Hillsong's Australian leaders. That's insane, man. And he had said, we were quiet for eight years, and now we're safe. And you said, he said that the aim of the takeover by the Church of Sydney office was, quote, to get the assets of Hillsong, Ukraine, into their own hands. It's nuts. So... I think what's troubling about that is it this, it appears to be that there are that they have the emails in which it shows them threatening them. Yes, and that part. I mean, we don't we're not looking at those exact emails, but they say they have them, and that that that's pretty bad. You're yeah, threatening man. someone's ability to get to, yeah to, to get their dream. literally get yeah yeah access to like be a citizen See. of a different country. I guess that, that's insane. It's hard to deny all the various things that are coming out, man. Mm-hmm. That that this stuff wasn't happening. You know that power, but but again, we don't know all the details. Right, like it, it surely doesn't look good on paper. No, um, and honestly, I don't know. I was just thinking through like this next part about the growing property empire. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even. Do you really think that's even as bad like as they really make it out? No, I mean, essentially, they made a lot of money. Is what we're trying to tell you, a lot yeah. of money from when they merged with churches. Sometimes they would sell some of the properties and get a lot, a lot of money. Yeah, and like to me, like, to me, that's not even a terrible thing. Like, I well, like, we just don't know the, all the details. Sure. But I can tell you this: there was a ton of money coming. A lot. I mean, like, they, like they millions were, of dollars per millions and millions per transaction. You know, one of the ones that was really bad, that looks bad to me on papers. In 2013, 14, two churches in Victoria, Australia, decided to merge with Hillsong, with three properties transferred to them, and one of the properties repurposed as a luxury rental. The luxury rental thing you know, is a little odd. I mean, I guess to make money, but yeah. Hey, folks, sorry for that weird cutout. We actually ran out of recording time, uh, so something that usually never happens. But, man, it's been such a big episode. So I also want to apologize for my weirdness because I was from just a few seconds ago because in my head I kind of – like I knew we were running out of time. I just didn't know exactly when, so I wasn't talking as much. And, like, I was being weird and I was, like, not saying hardly anything because I was, I was trying to, like – I was kind of freaking out because, like, oh, God, we're running out of recording time. So um, I apologize for the weirdness, um, and just thank you so much for sticking around. I know it's a long episode, so if you're still here listening, you guys are freaking awesome. So thank you for sticking around. And I hope that this shows you just how professional we are. (laughs) (laughs) It goes across the board. So essentially finishing up, you know, is it wrong for a church to get property and then have income, assuming it's going back into the ministry? Not necessarily, but all in all, and, and, and as far as the two people, if you, if you read more of the uh, Vera and Zinya, Kisevich, mm-hmm. you know, they said they were excommunicated. There's more, more into that um, for not, I don't know, they were asked to sign a non-disclosure agreement, blah, 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 uh, which required them never attending service. We don't really know the whole story. Uh, so I guess I, for me, sometimes it's, 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 it's hard for me to jump on the bandwagon of, of hey, this church is evil because, right. they, you know, Brian Houston may have failed in these other areas. We don't know the details of this specific issue. Sometimes it puts a church in a tough spot, too. Let's say that, and I'm not saying it's true, let's say Zinya and Vera were, did something wrong. And so right. they were told, like, hey, you need to leave. Well, or, you know, maybe it wasn't something one-time thing. Maybe it was, like, continual pattern of, I don't know, um, I guess insubordination or, you know, not... Not following the elders. I, I don't know. Right. I, all I'm saying is, yeah, on paper this looks bad, and 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 it, and it is. And listen, I've been a. I will say this much. 
This is not a Hillsong thing. You know, and I've wrestled this for a long time. There are churches out there that have a lot of money here in America that are not Hillsong. There's some yeah. in this community. And, you know, okay, I'll talk about one from my hometown. I remember one time driving through my hometown at this big church, and there were these mat, there was like 12 flagpoles, huge flagpoles with like, and I'm sure it wasn't real gold, but like fancy flagpoles with flags wow. for like standing for all the countries they're in, I think, okay. which is cool. But I often wonder is like, how much do you think that all cost oh, to install? And then you ask, is that, was that, is that a great use of funds? So it's like, I guess just making sure we're not being hypocritical here and just because we spent, not, not my church, our church doesn't do that, but let's say, because we don't have it, but say you had $90,000. We spent $90,000 on flagpoles, and they spent $2.3 on whatever they spent it on. Right. You know, proportionally, maybe it's similar. That's a you good know? point. I, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to make excuses for Hillsong. My main point through all of this is just, man, it's, it's so easy to want to make villains. You know what I mean? Exactly. That that was my kind of my train of thought was like, you know, when the mistakes come out and the mistakes start piling up, I'm sure it's really easy to just start looking at all of it as just so bad. And, you know, yeah. so like it makes sense. Yeah. Like you said, in, you know, naturally as flawed, sinful humans, I feel like we just try to make a villain out of so many people, man. And like, yeah, you know, so Hillsong, you know, one thing comes out and the next and the next and like, you know. It's just hard, man. Like, well, people are going to want to get on the bandwagon, too, and get their 15 minutes of fame, you know? Right. If you have a story about Hillsong, and all of a sudden it's become a big deal, you know, you can even make money selling your story to someone. So, it's wild. Huh? It's wild. So, listen, I guess, you know, for the others out there, I'm not saying these things, these accusations aren't serious. I'm not saying that some of these things aren't wrong, you know? Okay, I guess I'll bluntly say it. You know, that's a the money thing. Yeah, it looks it doesn't look good, and it makes you wonder what they need it all for. And but at the same time, I always think about local, you know, here in America and what we spend money on as churches sometimes. And yeah, um, you know, and as far as the other stuff, yeah, I mean, it's a mess. And you know, I guess I guess what we got to ask is, what can we learn from this? You know, us in this as as individual Christians, as members of churches, what can we learn from this? Man, or what do we take from it? Maybe. Yeah, you know, I mean, so like, I guess, what do you, what, what has it done to you? Like, what have you been thinking of? You know, as the last few days. Clearly, I'm wearing a different shirt, so we're on part. <laughs> if you're watching the video, so we're on. You know, we've had to reconvene. On yeah, days, but um, so this has been a long time. It has, man, and like definitely, a long episode. And like one, I would say, just over the time that we've recorded this, like I think one thing that keeps pop. There's been, I think, there's been like two key things that pop in my head over and over again as I think about this. And it's like, um, first off, like just the consequences of sin, and like, it, it, you know, like it sucks, but like, you know, there is consequences to like your actions here, and like when you do something sinful, man, like it just shows, and like. So that's, it, it's a tough pill to swallow, but this is just a, you know, this is the latest example of what sin does, right? So that's been one thing that kind of pops in my head. Um, the other thing, though, that I, I can personally take is, like, man, like, owning up to, like, your mistakes and, like, not mm. just not just letting things slide over and over again because you don't know how far down that hole you're going to go, you know? Mm. It makes me think of, like, you know, just taking, you know, like, the Carl Lentz situation, for example. Like, if that guy would have truly, like, after the first time something weird happened like that, if he would have, like, you know, came to people and, like, repented and, like, 
you know, and and he went. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't have come out beyond like the other person. I think that one lady, the one that was not a Christian, right? At least even outwardly. Yeah. That she was gonna say it regardless. Uh, yep. And there was there's. So I guess it makes me kind of think like you know, mistakes I make or like when when I don't talk about how I'm feeling or like you know if something if, you know if I if I stumble across like a weird situation like like. Anytime that stuff kind of like that kind of stuff pops up, like when we don't tell somebody or we don't like talk about it, like we're just giving ourselves more room to like create a bigger mess, you know? And so, th- yeah, that's been the other thing that kind of pops in my head is like we have to just be honest with each other and like just talk about our lives, you know, and, and quit thinking that by not saying anything, we're doing ourselves and other people a service somehow because we're not. So. I would say that's probably the other thing for me. Those are the two things that have been in my head the most about this whole situation. Fun turn. Do you have any thoughts? That makes sense. I'm pondering what you said. Um, I'm pretty much in the same place. I think it's very somber. I think what you said is very true. Um, they're all just piling on at this point. I think everything that they've uh, done uh, at this point is just leading up to just more and more accusations and more and more things. <coughs> Bless Excuse you. me. Sorry, I sneezed. Um, <laughs> yeah, bless I, uh, you. I've definitely seen this. I, I know that when you put the financial things right next to everything else that's been going on and all the other accusations out there, it definitely looks shady. So a lot of this stuff could either be just coincidental uh, or or it could be we don't see everything. And because we can't see everything, we're naturally going to get to this point where we're like, oh, yeah, you are all shady human beings, Like, which is possible. But at the end of the day, I think it's very it's very... It puts us in a very interesting position because we can't condemn and destroy the whole Church of Hills song. I don't think that's right. No. Um, I think there's definitely problems there, but there's problems in every church. And I think uh, I, I, I think they're walking it out, and I, I hope they are. And I think that's all they can do. I, I don't agree that the Carl Lynch report was released. I don't like that it was uh, leaked. So whoever did that, I really don't like that. I don't think it was right. I don't think it was something that should have been a thing. I think Hillsong made the right choice in not releasing that report. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't. I think they're just in a very interesting time. I think their worship team probably has the the right idea in coming back and grieving and being with their people and being yeah. like that. I think there there's a lot of turmoil there, and I think the best thing for us to do for them is to pray and like. Mm-hmm. I mean. Because this all looks so bad, and you got to know there's going to be a lot of doubts in that congregation. There's going to be a lot of things, and like, it's not going to be very helpful at all for us to keep biting each other and biting at Hillsong and all these things. Yes, there may be problems there, but hmm. do we do we burn down the church? No, we walk it out with them, and we do the best that we can and follow follow what the Bible says about this. I really like what you said about walking it out, and not only within the congregation that they're walking it out with each other, but yeah. You know, as believers, <clears throat> regardless of what you think of the institution right now, you know, and it could come out that God says, no, you're not, you're done, you know, mm-hmm. but there, there are believers within that church and that's the thing, you know, and, and I've, I'm not, I don't agree with every teaching I've heard there, you know, you know, you know, I've, I just, I don't, um, but at the end of the day, are there people in the, are there, do they, do they call on the name of Jesus? Do they believe in Christ crucified and resurrected for our sins and put our faith. Yeah, I, th- I think there are certainly tons of people in there that do. And that means that there are brothers and sisters, and we should care about that. 
And instead of wanting to crucify them, we should want to walk it out with them, like you said, even on the outside. Really what does that look like? I don't know. Sorry, I didn't cut you off. No, you're praying. Fine. I'm just thinking. You know, it means praying for them. It means being supportive. It means challenging when people make um, broad statements about people. Mm. I don't know Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz did some silly things, and he felt, you know, there's two options. Let's just be realistic. Carl Lentz is a believer that took his eyes off of Jesus, <clears throat> that disobeyed and sinned against God and man, right? He did wrong, and but that's still God's son, and God is going to res, you know, restore him in some capacity because he's going to work out all things for the good of those who believe according to his purposes. If Carl's his son, then we need to be careful not to, to throw stones, right? Or he doesn't know Jesus, and he truly was a lack of a better word, a goat, maybe he thought he did, and then he's going to come to repentance, and right, hopefully or not. Mm. That's going to show itself over time. And I think we can't sit here and say, and I like what Clint said, that the danger in this getting released is not so much, I mean, it's, it's, it's just stinks for him and his family to be, you know, and all those involved, even yeah. the times, you know, to have to live this again. But what I think is even more sad is that, People are making, and the way that this was written in Christian Post, because let, let make no mistake, Christian Post is a business. They want to make money. They want to get viewers. <clears throat> We're talking about it right now. That's why we wrestled with talking about it. Um, <clears throat> what I would say, though, is that the sad thing is that, you know, let's say, let's say, for instance, that he was being that forthcoming out of a repentance and then saying, I'm just going to lay it out there. But it's not the way it comes across, right? It's not mm. the way it's written. Even like he proudly says, he, I lied well. Well, who says that? That wasn't even in the original investigative article. Right. That was their word. So I guess, kind of you know. They did that. Huh? It's kind of sad they did that. They put it that yeah. Way. So I think we just got to, we got to be slow to judge, right? And we need to, yes, there are consequences, and it's already been shown. And I'm not saying that we have to just brush it under the rug, but... You know, friends, be careful that you don't cry out, crucify, crucify someone. Um, several reasons why scripturally. One, <clears throat> we're all one instance away from a stupid thing that affects our lives. Yep. And two, if that is God's son, right? And that is his, and he, you know, he loves him too. <laughs> and... Something to remember, and, and it's overall it's heartbreaking. I think it's sobering. The other thing yes. I take from it, it's a good warning. There is a warning here. If you don't walk away from this saying, it doesn't matter. Maybe you're not as famous as Hillsong, but if you're the local <clears throat> husband or you're the wife and you've messed up, you know you're going you in your little, for lack of a better word, your kingdom. You know, sin can can ruin and destroy a lot of things, hmm. and it spills out over people. Man. And God. And it's terrifying to say, you know, we've got to take those opportunities to repent, like you said, when we get the chance before it becomes those things. Um, but, man, I, I, I guess I'm just speaking for me. I know in my life I've done things that to the outside people want to judge me for. <clears throat> and, and rightly so, they should judge the acts, you know, the things I've done wrong. But I know I love Jesus and I know I was saved. And that's hard for some people to accept, that, yeah. that people that know Jesus— love Jesus, and more importantly, are loved by Jesus, can make huge mistakes. 
And that's terrifying. And, right. and it's that old saying actually becomes true here. You know, we can hate that sin so much, you know, but we don't hate the sinner. That's right, man. Um, and forgiveness, forgiveness is something we, we don't, it's not optional for the Christian. <laughs> I like you know, that. It's not, it's not optional. Right. He, uh, he who's forgiven much forgives much. And I, I, I you know, I am Carl Lentz. You, we all are at times. Maybe we haven't, you know, from a human perspective, but man, in the eyes of God, we've made, you know, it, that's what it's like. So it's sobering. Yeah, man. It makes it's you really think, good. it makes you feel fear. I always say, you know, I've said for years, what if somebody took your worst moments and put them on film on a big screen for everyone to see? What would they think of you? Wouldn't be good. <clears throat> and I'm talking even post-Christ. Everybody's like, oh, in my old days. I'm like, come on, man. You got stuff right now in your life that if it was put on the big screen, and that's all it was. Let's say it was sent to someone in a different state that doesn't know you. They're going to make a conclusion about who you are and your character <clears throat> yep. based on that, that act. Right? Uh, that is so That's sober, just one man. act. Imagine really if it was is. multiple. <clears throat> so Yeah, dude. Yeah, and, and I think you mentioned this earlier, but the other thing is just, gosh, the devastating effects of sin. You know, sin is just, we, we so often think that God is holding out on us, that he tells us not to do things because he doesn't want us to have fun yep. or to enjoy ourselves or whatever, and <clears throat> it's always to protect us, and you see it. You know? Dude, yeah, it's so evident, like, because mm. you see... You see the the aftermath of these kinds of situations, and yep. every time you go, man, it's just devastating. And like he told us not to do the things that we do. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's really, that's really good, dude. And like it reminds me of you know I was I was listening, you know what you guys talked about with like you know don't crucify you know don't be yelling crucify him crucify him you know like about the Carlin situation for example. Yeah. I think one thing that I'm also going to be taking away from this that you reminded me of, that I think also everybody to an extent could, who's whether they're listening or watching, is like, you know, it's very, it's funny, it's very easy to say that about a big situation like this, but then ignore the fact that you do it to people who are close to you in your life. That's good. You know, because we crucify them, yeah. Yes, because, you know, this is, you know, somebody we don't know, and like we know as Christians, like we know that we're not supposed to judge or whatever, and so like we can go, yeah, like, you know, we will not, you know, we will not, we won't do that. Like, we'll, we won't look at Carl Lentz that way, but we look at people that we're close to like that a lot. So it's like, that's something I, I'm taking away from it is like, why do I crucify others in my mind that are close, close to me? Yeah, it's good, man. <clears throat> so yeah, that, that's where we left it off. We, we hope, I guess that's where we'll leave it. I mean, we hope that you guys feel, can hear our hearts and, it's not just sensationalism. We just this is real talk, right? We always say we want to take the real events and then give them a Christian spin. And the world's yeah. gonna tell you, right? They already are in Hillsong Exposed and giving you their view. And we just wanna give our thoughts on it and messy situation. Sometimes yes. it's not as black or white as you know, we want it to be he bad evil man, you know. Be careful, I'm telling you. I remember telling someone one time who was so cruel to me in the midst of, you know, my my journey back. And I said, man, I hope to God, and I said it this way, that, that you don't ever have a time in your life where you need the grace you're refusing to give. Um, because, you know, grace scares people, man. You know, because what if they do it again? And that's then that leads back to what Jesus said to Peter. How many times, Lord? Seven times seven? Seventy times? No, I tell you, you know, seventy times seven. 
as many times as it takes. So thank you, Lord Jesus, right? Thank you, God, for Mm. your grace to us um, because we are all, man, we are all that dirty in in his eyes. And that's sobering and and enough to give you praise. I mean, enough for us to want to praise him. So, yeah, pray for everyone involved. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Feel free to drop comments or use the link if you're listening on the podcast at www.theremnant.life slash real dash talk click it and give us your thoughts and you know maybe we'll do a response episode where we respond to your thoughts and kind of share some of your thoughts out there you can put your name or not but what what are you guys thinking you know we kind of want to know what is everyone else thinking about all this you know it's good uh, man etc yeah gotta have some sort of thought gotta have a dialogue about it Mm. so that's it long episode yeah man hope you guys like it um but yeah it's been long i'm excited for it yeah, I, well, I, I, you know me. I'm the guy that always just doesn't trust human beings. And so I'm like, <laughs> there's some people out there going, I can't believe them. They're so evil. And they forgive evil. too much. Grace has been taken too far. I was actually sad. I keep yeah. bringing that up. You take grace too far. That's how they said to me. <laughs> you. <laughs> so I'm up in the air. We talked about this before. Kind of end up the show. I got two things we want. Unless you guys have something else, I checked it. What I was doing on the phone. Those who judge me and say I'm not paying attention to AJ was I was making sure we didn't get any questions that slipped in. Mm -hmm. We did get an update from Blueberry Brad. Oh yeah, but we're going to share that next episode uh, because there's a lot there. Stay (laughs) tuned. Yeah. So those of you with the great muffin heist, we'll uh, we'll catch you back up on that. Yep. (laughs) It appears on the one hand is Clint been cleared. Fun turn. I think maybe. But so another name has been thrown into the hat. William Covington, third. That rakish rogue. Did he make an appearance? <laughs> that rakish rogue. Did he slide in and set up fun turn and everyone? Gosh. He'll turn to Clea. Oh. You heard him. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> if you want to know who that is, you'll have to tune in next time. But also consider to end the show. One, I want to leave you guys with something to think about. You know, we've you know, you know, you know, you know. I gotta quit saying that. One of the things that we've tried to do is leave you with some some Bible encouragement at the end. Bible encouragement. But before that, <laughs> which will be a great segue, and I'm torn on this, guys. Okay, this is live in the moment. We talked yeah. about this two minutes before. It's true. So I had a nightmare last night, a terrifying nightmare. Now, I don't remember every detail, okay? Mm-hmm. I wish that I did because I'm telling you right now, I can remember parts of it, like – like walking around in almost like a dungeon area, and like I was trying to get free, and you, I think you guys were there, and other people too. Oh boy! So, but I remember specifically the part that terrified me the most. Oh, no. Now I will tell you. I don't. Should I? Should we talk about this? I'm in, man. Like, like I said, I he hasn't told us anything about. This. Hey, this is live. Don't know what he's about to say, so I'm I'm excited. Hey, Pastor. Uh, Pastor hates a lot. If you're watching right now, this will be a good opportunity for you to... Who are you? I don't know. Just a random guy that's looking for a reason to be mad. Bad, people have bad dreams. Yes. <laughs> people I have just, bad dreams. I just want to say that. It doesn't have to be anything more than a bad dream. You know? People oh, have bad dreams. he's talking about evil. <laughs> he's talking about evil. What are we going to do? <laughs> Crucifying. <laughs> he had a bad dream. It means his spiritual health is in danger. It's in danger. He is yeah, not. Could have been a peanut butter head last night. You know, whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. I, that, that is a strange part of the episode. I love it. So, you guys want to hear it? Should I, I tell do. You? I want to hear it. It legit is creepy. I'm in. So, here's what I remember, okay? 
I'm going to get, I should have wrote, now before I tell you guys, Flintstone's not paying any attention. I'm looking right at his eyes. He's not even looking now. Look at him. Now he just did. I know you're not paying attention, Flintstone. Anyway, he wasn't. You should have seen his face. Um, <laughs> so I want to tell you guys how scared I was. Okay. I told you guys. So I was scared enough that when I had this dream, I, went, I got up and I was, <laughs> this is not me typical. I'm a grown man. Okay, you know, consider myself somewhat tough. <laughs> you know, I'm willing to like face. I'd probably wrestle an alligator. Right. Okay, that would be dumb. But I mean, the fear. Part. Sure. And I was scared of the dark. And I went, I went to the kitchen to grab myself. I don't know what I was grabbing. I probably got some peanut butter. Okay? <laughs> I know me. All right. So I turned the light on. And, and it was terrifying already. And I, I was so nervous, or like feeling it, you know what I mean? Yeah. That I felt like something was like, that feeling of something watching you, that I left the light on because I did not want to turn the light off on the walk back right. to my bed. So I left it on. Yeah. And I admit that. Okay, grown man's admitting that right now to you, to all of you. Then, I got to back up because I'm probably making it. So then I, I lay back down and okay. I, I still had this creepy feeling so i prayed yeah if there was any sort of like <laughs> presence that wasn't of god you know all that kind of stuff to get before i could even go to sleep and then of course you had that thought of like did that mean something is you know it's that kind of dream yeah so in the dream i don't remember everything but i remember we were like part of it was cool okay like, like I, I can't remember everything but somehow i was kind of fighting against like this evil thing okay i don't nice. these things you were fighting against evil yeah so in some capacity, I don't remember everything. So I, there was this, think of old school jail cell where there's like the bars or okay. a dungeon. We're like in a basement and somehow we're trapped and there is this dog. Okay. And this dog looked like, have you ever seen a Staffordshire Terrier? Or like, you know those massive pit bulls they're selling lately? Okay. Like the ones, like Hulk, the ones yeah. that are like thousands. Yeah, massive. They're okay. Giant. And they, and they, it, this dog had its ears cropped too. Okay, so it's a big, and it was brown. Okay, and it had these ears, and I somehow knew this thing was evil. Okay, and I knew it wasn't just a dog. Okay. Now here's the part where it's hazy. There were two other entities, and I say entities for a reason, around or interacting. I knew I knew they were there. Yeah. Okay? And I, it was something like Hades and like Aries, you know, some kind of Greek. Thing. I, I think I don't remember. This part's fishy kind okay. of fuzzy i get it so i grab this creature this dog and i grab him by the dude this is where it gets a little a little violent okay okay i grab this dog because i i'm grabbing him and somehow that made like the the dungeon door kind of go up so like we were able to kind of start crawling out but i was laying down side by side like wrestling this thing on the ground and i have his head and he's got like red eyes going red eyes and i said what's your name who are and i start beating his head i'm beating the dog's <laughs> oh head my goodness, and dude. he goes Dude, this is cr this oh, is the part man. that's gonna creep you out. He goes, "How how did he say it? I'm trying. He how did this thing say it? The dog spoke. Oh man, I and it's yeah, and it said something to the effect of, I have many names. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, which name do you want? And then I kept beating it because it wouldn't give me the names. And I was like, quit playing your game. And just start pummeling this dog, right? Wow. And eventually he goes, but you can just call me Death. <laughs> yeah, yeah so you're dude. Just beating up death right, right now. But it wasn't death, bro. Oh, I knew that in the dream. Oh man. 
Like he was essentially threatening. It was just, it was threatening me, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, or like threatening or whatever. But here's the weird part. Then it got like I beat its brain to a to a dude. I beat this thing bloody. Yeah. Like it was dead. Oh man. Then it started coming back to life. Oh dude, this is so crazy. Yeah. Now the weird part is, once I was kind of, and this is where it gets even sort of creepy. And I'm remembering as I'm telling you is that I don't think he was against me. Like it was almost like this this monster or whatever, right? was like liked me and it it didn't want to kill me interesting which makes it even kind of creepier it's almost like he was just like this inevitable being mm-hmm. like, like you couldn't oh i definitely i mean he was like i was watching him in front of my eyes cuz i don't want to be vulgar but like i beat it like skull in yeah. essentially and it started to just essentially like dude it started moving with its face crushed in I'm like looking around, you know, and then it started. Yeah, yeah. And then I, wow. a couple more things happened. It didn't, but I woke up. But that's the scene I kept remembering. <laughs> and, and, and I, dude, I don't know if he said death. He might have said, because I just know. I think he might have said, you can call me Hades or you can call me death. Something creepy like that. But the, the weirdest part was like, I'm not, what, I can't give you a name because I've been called many names. Like, it was just, that line is so that creepy. Was, yeah, that is, yeah. That, that makes my hair stand up. Um, so anyway, creepy dream. Yeah. But when I think about it, I think it had elements of that horror game, the playthrough that we watched. Remember where the thing came out of the oh, yeah. came out of the vent? Yes. It was kind of like that, except I grabbed it and pulled it out. Oh, man. Because earlier in the night, I'd been here with the guys, and I had watched this mm-hmm. playthrough yeah. of this game, right? And it wasn't like a horrible game. It was like a, in space, but there was this creature. Remember right. that scene? I'm talking oh, yeah, about? where it like, that's pops pre- out of the bed. Yeah, that's, so I away. think that's where it came from. Interesting. But it's weird that my mind made it like a dog. That is interesting. So you, so you were downstairs waiting for this like death dog to come <laughs> yeah, flying dude, somewhere? Sorry, I mean, it laughs a lot. In your you, were, you, were just, you were just waiting for it to come out of nowhere. Oh, it was terrifying, man. Wow. So That's insane. I legit was scared. That is, dude, that is uncomfortable. I wish I could remember the rest of it because here's the weird part. Some of it was cool because I woke up with adrenaline pumping, dude. Oh, that's the other thing. So when I woke up, I was like, <laughs> like I was, I had been fighting wow. for this thing or like, but there was stuff that happened after. That wasn't right when I woke up. And the dream, the weird part is the dream wasn't really that terrifying up to that point. It was yeah. kind of cool because I, we were doing, makes sense, walking around the ship he, in that game. He's walking around trying he to piece was. things together. Yep. I think we were walking around a house. Trying to piece things together. Interesting. So this this whole game somehow just influenced and got this dream. Changed. Yeah, I think. Wow, that's wild. But the creepy part is that line, right? I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. Me. That's that's terrifying. Yeah. That's like yeah. Legion. We are Legion. Yeah, but that's not it, all right? Don't bring that crap. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> that was my scary dream last night. Oh my scary goodness. Is yeah, that man. pain or like your horror? Oh, horror. Okay. okay. Ugh. So anyway, <laughs> we've given. Yeah, he actually hurt his head. I did. It's, Sucks. So we've given you a show filled with laughter, joy, terror. None of it really makes sense. AJ brought up a good point right before we got on. I'm, just, I'm talking about because I was just going to share it with the guys. Yeah, because it was a weird moment. I forgot because uh, Louisiana Hot Sauce was here and he mm-hmm. said something that reminded me of the dream. Remember? And I was like, oh, that reminds me of this dream. Man. So I was going to tell him. I was like, wait, do you think I should share this on the? And, and AJ, being the professional, he goes, my only concern is does it fit the theme. <laughs> now what makes that I love Listen. that, but what makes that funny is the random times he decides. You know what? We are professionals, and we will not go against the theme of the show. 
You know what I'm saying? No, AJ's the type of, of all guy the times, who, man. Who he'll be like, you don't know what? We're gonna get a monster truck, and we're gonna go ramp it over our new softball field. Uh huh. And that's what nice, we're gonna do for nice the show today. The softball. That's what we're gonna do for the show today. And what? then this will come in, and he'll be like this. I don't think it fits. I don't think it fits, <laughs> think it fits with the what monster truck the makes theme perfect sense, but this nah. of what our, we're trying funny. to strive for. <laughs> anyway, pretty uh, pretty funny stuff. Yeah, dude. I'm sorry you had that dream, man. Because that, that that's scary. terrifying, man. Nightmares. Suck. What's your guys' scariest dream? Like, great, make it appropriate. But mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Dreams are strange, man. I find mm-hmm. dreams are fascinating to me. I don't oh, yeah. dream a lot. I guess that's the other thing I should say. I don't sleep well enough to dream. I think I think you only sleep in deep or dream in yeah, deep like sleep, right? REM. REM. Yeah. Yeah, I don't sleep real well. So I don't dream very often, which is another reason why it made it so so odd. But yeah, because you were in a you were in a deep sleep. Anyway, now to fit the show <laughs> and the way we've been all over, let's end it on some some scripture. Some biblical encouragement. So I want to leave this. It was asked for real. You know, as you guys know, the show's probably coming out, uh, we hope, today, which is? Yeah. What is today? Today's. Yep. It's Friday. It's Good Friday. <laughs> Front turn. Yeah. So it's Good Friday. Um, and what happens on Good Friday? At the, I mean, we know, which is odd that we call it good, but, we, but if you know why it happened, it's good, right? Yep. This is the day where the trial happens. So in the morning, it would have been the trial. They've already... Probably at this point in the day when we're recording, uh, would have already had the uh, pilot would have tried to give them beret like, hey, if you will give you Jesus if, or we'll give you Barabbas if, and do Jesus, we'll take this. Then try to do the exchange Barabbas Jesus, try to get Jesus basically free because he knows he's innocent. And at this point, Jesus would probably be on the cross. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, he gets crucified. Yep. So I want to leave you guys, and it's a story a lot of us have heard, but I'm going to read it briefly, and then I want to leave you with this short thought. And, and, and it's a sad scene and a reminder and a sobering reminder of what Jesus did for us, but there's, let it sink in what happens here. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is on the cross at this point, um, and they hang him between two criminals, like a criminal. They mock him, right, with the sign that says, oh, here's the king of the Jews. So here we are. I'm reading from uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, starting at verse 32. Two others, criminals, were also led away to be executed with him. When they arrived at the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they're doing. And he invited his clothes and cast lots. The people stood watching, and even the leaders kept scoffing. Hmm. He saved others. Let him save himself if this is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also mocked him. They came offering him sour wine and said, If you're the king of the Jews, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. An inscription was above him. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us, mocking him. But the other answered, rebuking him. Don't you even fear God, since you are undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he, with a capital H, Jesus. And he said to him, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. And what it doesn't mention here that we learn, we know in the other gospels, which give us, each gospel gives a little more, is that both criminals mocked him at the beginning. They mocked him, and at the, towards the end here, 
as, as they had hung there for hours, something changed the heart of one. Man. This man mocked him hours earlier, was right there with his friend, like, ha-ha, probably saying the same thing, take us off. The other guy, take your, save yourself, Jesus. You're the, you're the Messiah. Save yourself, right? Overcome with bitterness, even at the end, pride. And something, probably in the way Jesus, maybe he heard Jesus say, forgive them, they know not what they do. We don't know. But something changed in the heart of, the, of one of the criminals. And interestingly, we know it was a real heart change because he didn't talk to Jesus first. He looked at his friend, right? Probably with like, how can, like, don't you even see what's happening? It's and, he, and then looks over at Jesus as he's nearing his death. He's nothing to gain for this, right? You don't have anything to gain. You're going to die anyway. And he says to him, remember me right, when you come into your kingdom. Man. He tells me he must have known something was more than this world. I don't know. We don't know how this guy knew. Yeah. And so Jesus, hanging, dying, thirsty, suffocating under the weight of his own body, bleeding, right, thirsty, all of those things. Human, right, fully human, fully God. So you ever been so tired? You ever been thirsty? I know that last summer when we were running a lot and we would want to talk, I, sometimes I didn't want to talk when someone's talking. It was almost frustrating because I'm just trying to breathe, right? Yep. And he looks up and lifts his weary head to look at this man and says, I promise you, you'll be with me today in paradise. And what's so beautiful about that promise is that man was scared he was going to die, right? He was going to die. And Jesus could have just said, hey, I'll remember you, right? He could have said that. And he, and he took it a step farther, though, and he said, today you will be with me in paradise. This pain you're feeling is only temporary, Right? I'm going to take you with me. That's encouraging in a lot of ways. It's beautiful, man. It's encouraging because it shows the heart of Jesus, you know, and I'm getting emotional right now. And I, you know, if you're not on camera, SCC AJ is, that's not my words. That's the truth of, you know, it's not just my words. It's it's God's truth, you know, Jesus, who he is. I guess I want to tell you this. If Jesus offers forgiveness to a man who mocked him hours earlier, right? who spitted him and cursed him when he was tired, right? And Jesus, when it would have been so easy to stay silent, when it would have been easy just to, to think, maybe even just look and smile at him and give him something where he didn't have to use energy, instead went above and beyond to not only assure him, right, but to comfort him in his dying moments, right, to comfort him, how much more will he do for you if you've put your faith in him, man, dude. it doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter how many times, you know, maybe you were the one. He's, he's not going to forgive me this time. I did it again. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what the crowd says. Sometimes the crowd can make us think he's not, he doesn't want to forgive you, right? The crowd can make you think it's, it's one time too many. What I encourage you to do is you got to listen to him in his quiet voice, even when the crowd is screaming something different. That he loves you. He's never going to let go of you. He promised that. Jesus himself did. Gospel of John, I will never let go of one of these you've given to me, he says to the Father. If he'll comfort that guy, he, will, he offers you the same comfort, the same love, the same promise, the same assurance. Let that sink in today. Let his love, let the, like what Good Friday really is, let it, let that be the Jesus that you know. Because here's the beautiful thing. 
When Jesus assured that man, it wasn't an empty promise, right? It was a fact because this isn't where the story ends. The story ends with him rising, right? And even now seated at the right hand of the Father. And if you're, in, if you're listening to and you stumbled on this show, I don't care if it's years later from when we, we, we filmed it. You don't know Jesus. You just happen to listen to some goofy guys talk. I want to tell you something. Maybe you are that thief. Maybe you're that person that's mocked him your whole life. Here's the beauty. It only takes a moment to change that. It just takes one moment to change that. Because he's willing to offer you the same thing. The same thing that he offered this man. Right? You can sin a million times. A million times. It just takes one moment of true repentance of putting your faith in Jesus Christ to say, remember me, forgive me, and he will do that. That's the promise we have in Christ. That's what makes Good Friday so good. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, right? Today and tomorrow. And I hope you are encouraged by that today um, because it's the truth. So we'll leave you with that. Um, I don't think there's really any need to leave any announcements, guys. Uh, Let this day mean something to you. Take a moment out of your day. If you're out there and you feel like that criminal, uh, please reach out to us. You can do that anytime at www.theremnant.life slash real-talk, R-E-A-L. You can email us, you know. Uh, at contact, I think, at the remnant.life or admin at the remnant.life or even Todd at the remnant.life. Uh, I think you're still going? I think AJ so. AJ at the remnant.life. But we want to be there for you. want to pray with you. Um, you're not alone. All right? It's a good Friday. Let it be good. We hope you guys have a great day. All right? And God bless you. Yeah.